0: All right, Joe, serenade us with your voice.
1: It's the
0: screed ween
1: cast time. We got London, Eddie, Thomas, Griffin, Joe, the egg boil, and Lucero. Wow, that was impressive. Whoa, everybody, welcome to a special episode of Screen Weans. We got Thomas here for the first time ever. We got Joe the Egg back at it again. And we got Lucero. Damn, hesitant to sell. Yes, it's me. Lucero. Woo! So, uh, last week we talked about how we're going to talk about the before trilogy and then. The stars align so that everybody could just watch them together, pretty much. So yeah, we're gonna be talking about them. Um, we're skipping movie ideas this week because whoa, 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 oh, do, do you have, have one? No, but do I okay, ever? Okay, fine. We're gonna do movie ideas. Okay, first we'll just go through the regular things. Have you watched anything recently, Thomas? Uh, yeah, I watched. Uh, what did we watch today? We watched we watched Swing Kids, the 2018 South Korean drama music dance party. More commentary. More commentary. Kind of similar to the 1993 American-made film with Christian Bale about Nazi Germany and dancing. Uh, And then we watched The Age of Shadows, the like 1920ish spy thriller with Song Kang-ho and Gong-yu. Yeah, so we watched those. Yeah. What did everybody think of those? Thomas? I thought they were both pretty good. I gave uh, Swing Kids a 7, and I gave uh, Age of Shadows an 8. Swing Kids, uh, I thought, was a little tonally inconsistent and very long, uh, and it felt like There was a point about halfway through the movie where I thought it was going to end, and then it went on to be another half of a movie. Um, So yeah, I mean, aside from that, it was pretty good, though. How about you, Joe? What did you think? I really had a good time with Swing Kids. I thought the tone shifts that were set uh, made a lot of the later things that happened in the movie hit a bit more, to not spoil anything. Uh, And also, like, any time... Any of the characters were dancing. I was the happiest fucking guy in the room. Holy shit! I was vibing the entire time, <laughs> and yeah. Joe just kept screaming, "Vibe check." That's true. While doing while tap dancing in the back. That's it's true. It's um, screaming, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> uh, actually, I tap danced so much that my downstairs neighbor uh, blasted open our door with a shotgun. That's and like Blastoise threatened to murder whoever was tap dancing constantly to which I
0: dabbed at them and they disintegrated. Coincidentally, this was like a Borderlands-esque kind of gun that shot tap dancing shoes. So it was kind of redundant because they just made all sorts of noise when they came up here anyways. I mean, I imagine busting open the doorway also caused a lot of noise to be had. Yeah, but imagine busting out the, well, the door you don't even have do to do a podcast.
1: They can just do it. Okay. And talk about fucking Borderlands ass shooting. Yeah. He was Shoot. the one right. that brought it up. Whatever. We're, and we're then, stepping down. Uh, this is no longer the Ween, <laughs> Screen Weens, Ween it's cast. Uh, it's, uh, it's now the, the Lucetto and Joe Boyle Egg Boy Borderlands podcast. It's the Spider Egg podcast. <laughs> and then the other movie I thought was pretty good. I fell asleep for like a half hour. So, oh. you know, vibe check. Vibe check. Oh, yeah, Thomas, what did you think of Age of Shadows you mostly just talked about? I thought it was pretty good. Um, Honestly, was, that movie felt longer to me. It was, like, seven minutes longer. Yeah, but it, it, it felt a little long. Um, it definitely was a bit slower in the beginning. But mm-hmm. as soon as, like, the tension started picking up on, like, the train, I, I was like, Woo. Yeah. That's why, as soon as the train, I'm like, I love trains, because I'm like, things are about to go fucking crazy. What about you,
0: Lucero? Um... What'd you think of the films? uh, So, I thought that Swing Kids was, uh, a very, for the most part, happy, feel-good energy movie, uh, for, weirdly, the juxtaposition of a very depressing setting, um... But, it, it, and, and, and it carried a lot of, like, livelihood and, like, uh, just, like, uh, like, constantly moving forward energy. Um, unfortunately, sometimes it was just moving forward for so long. I was just kind of like, all right, now I'm, like, look- looking at my clock a little bit. You know what I mean? Because there was about, like, two different times that I thought we were entering, like, the third act of the film. And then it just kind of was, like... Okay. No. And then by the end, it was, I guess, kind of obvious, but it was like, wow, it took a little bit to get there. Um, but overall, uh, I think if I had expected that, maybe it would have been a little bit better. But just because it kind of came out of nowhere, like uh, it kind of like brought it down a little bit for me. But the choreography was amazing. The score was amazing. I really liked... Because uh, I didn't know that Korean people actually, like, had this kind of, like, uh, Korean-English mix to their, like, uh, dialect and whatnot. Like, uh, I thought it was pretty cool seeing that. And uh, it was interesting, like, just, like, kind of catching myself, like, naturally. Just, like, having a conversation be in English one moment and, like, not having it feel, like, awkward, like, transitioning into, like, uh, Korean, uh, like, subtitles, like, and then that's, like, Sentence even, I uh, thought it like was very very fluid. The dialogue between all the characters, <clears throat> and uh, Age of Shadows I thought was kind of hard to uh, like. I, at first, I was kind of like interested just because like I had a pretty uh, interesting like ambiance to the score, uh, and uh, I, I just like Song Kang Hill So like just like seeing him as like doing anything, it's like okay, what's he gonna do? But it was super dense uh, uh as london was saying earlier um yeah that, this was my second time watching it yeah. and i think i got a little bit more out of it this time around. And, and i think this is just like there's just some films that are like that you know and that's yes. and that did it like uh detract from it to the point where it like went below an eight for me though like uh, I, th- I still think it was a really good film because by the time we got to the train scene all like sense of like, uh, sleepiness or anything like that that I was kind of like dozing in and out of like during like the, uh, like building up points, uh, was just gone, like, and the plot was just going, oh, like constantly. And, uh, yeah, no, uh, I thought they were both really great films that, uh, were both kind of drawn back a little bit by the, uh, runtime. And that's pretty much the only thing that I can really complain about with them. Yeah. You know what I will say? I was very impressed with uh, Jared Grimes
1: in um, Swing Kids. He was Jackson, oh, okay. the African American dude. I He, love um, he was great. The, <coughs> the guy he's like he he played like a soldier that used to be on Broadway, and he is a Broadway dancer. But I was ask. Uh, he doesn't really act at all. So I was he's been in like a couple things like his like big characters, and I was surprised that I thought his performance was really good for the most part. Yeah, at, definitely. At first, I was like, "Ooh, this guy's not too good." Yeah, but, um, the first fit, couple scenes, but by the end of it, I thought there were some really yeah. good performances. Once it got towards like the end, and I got kind of like familiar with his character, uh, he it's he started feeling a lot more natural yeah. in the role. Um. Okay. Yeah. So that's what else we watched. Anybody else watch anything? In the last two days or um, whatever. Since we recorded my last podcast.
0: <clears throat> we rewatched
1: watched The Lighthouse. Oh, yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. That, the only thing that really needs to matter about me and Thomas's score is mine went up to a 10 this time around, so that's another... Is per- that a first perfect 10? It might be. I think so. Go see The Lighthouse. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's amazing. Because yeah. I think Lost City of Z was a 9.5. Yeah, I think Racerhead was a 9. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> and, um... El Topo was a 9. Yeah. I think. I think every time it. one of us gives a 10, the other one, usually... Yeah, I want I to say, <laughs> ha I'm not gonna <laughs> get... he's <laughs> not getting but, yeah. a 10! Lighthouse, second time around, really was like,
0: no! what do you, heaven.
1: like... What popped out to you more the second time around than the first time?
0: Um... Spoilers
1: for the Lighthouse. Spoilers Incoming. for the Lighthouse. I mean, no. I don't really need to talk about spoilers. Okay. I just thought... um, uh, I just paid attention to the dialogue a little bit more. I do think that I was able to pick up everything. I know a lot of people complain. They're like, I can't understand what Willem Dafoe's saying. I'm like, use your ears then? They're like, his accent's too thick. And I get it. He does have a thick accent. But I could pretty much tell everything. But... I think I might have just been tired the first time we watched it because I I heard all the dialogue, but I didn't really comprehend most of it. And there are just some scenes that are, like, the I guess they're more emotionally driven scenes or freak out scenes or, like, some career best moments. I don't know if, like, as a whole... They're my favorite performances, but they have bits that are, like, top tier from both of them. Oh, yeah. The scene that's always stuck with me is the, uh, the what scene. Yeah. What? 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 That scene was, like, Cabin Fever. Fever? Fever. Cabin... Cabin Fever. Cabin Fever. Just Cabin Fever at its finest. Like, it's just such an iconic moment in the movie
0: to me. Also, I think uh, like uh, along with like I I, I can understand like I I guess some people like having trouble like hearing past the thick sea shanty accent uh, but um, a lot of the dialogue is like uh, and and I think it's like supposed to be like ring it's supposed to ring true to like how like you know like wikis really be kind of oh, thing. Oh, yeah, he read uh, yeah. Like blog posts yeah. and yeah. studied the dialogue. No, for sure, but, like, they have a very, like, cryptic way of speaking, you know what I mean? Almost like a yeah. very, like... speaking used to be a lot more poetic than it is nowadays. Yee! <laughs> yeah, no, like, and, uh... I, lo- I love that... T- you, ye Just go, yeah. like, Yes, sir, I said! <laughs> um... One thing
1: I will say, just as a little PSA... Uh, if you're having trouble hearing the dialogue in a movie, pretty much every theater, like, is required to have closed caption devices, so just ask for one, and they'll give it to you, because they usually have a bunch, and nobody ever uses them, so, you know, I've used them pretty much everywhere I've gone occasionally, I'm just like, yeah, let's get one, so I can read the subtitles, (laughs) Hmm. It's a little, it's a little more awkward, but it's it's worth it, especially if like you saw it once and you're like, I didn't really understand what was going on in this scene. Grab closed caption device and just pay attention to that while you're watching that scene specifically. Yeah. So this has been London's PSA corner. <laughs> <laughs> um, did I watch anything else? I almost watched. Uh, I almost just watched Shame. <laughs> oh, you should.
0: We're going to right. So yeah.
1: Um. All right. Let's. Thomas, what's your movie idea? You're right. to one. It's uh, called Spampires. So this vampire works in a spam factory, but a vampire hunter tracks him down and kills him there. But his blood drips into some spam. And it starts spreading and eating people, and those people start to turn into spam pires. Like, the, the the spam is eating people. Yeah, and then okay. they turn into, like, spam monsters, too. Okay. Um, and it starts spreading nationwide, and it's basically following, like, different groups of people all over the country while this giant, like, apocalypse is going on. What are our heroes wow. in this movie? Who the fuck cares?
0: It's spam pires. Okay. Okay. Wow. I feel like this should be done in like... That was you a know, great idea. No, thank you. You know, like, the uh, you ever watch the episode of Spongebob where uh, they end up going uh-huh. above water? Uh, yeah. I feel like this, awesome. would, this would work really good as like a film that like is obviously like got the string showing in the background and you just got like a, a can of span that's open pretty much all the way, but then you like bend the lid up a little bit. Have the spam just kind of bulging out the top, and then like, put glue some like fangs on it with some bat wings. No, oh. you got a you got a one costume design and practical effects right there, my guy. There we go. A one costume yes. effects produced by A twenty four,
1: produced I, I, by A one steak sauce. There we go. That's the proper placement in the movie. A one needs to hop into the independent filmmaking business. Yeah, we got so many. We got A one through twenty three
0: yeah get true. on it guys true I had an interesting little uh movie concept that's pretty Ooh, short like the okay. other day um okay i was uh i was just waiting in the car um the other day and i was just kind of like looking in the rearview mirror and i was kind of like in like a uh like uh rural area you know what i mean and uh i was just like huh very silent like you know like just that like chilling silent because you're just so far out in the middle of nowhere kind of thing and then i just like kept looking in the rear view mirror because I, I had no signal when i was born i was just kind of like what if just like something like something like just like a car or something like something that would have to make a lot of noise but it just was right there you know what i mean and then i got like the idea for a concept of a film that's like uh just a like a film that plays on like neurotic paranoia schizophrenic like feeling to it like more of like a film that like uh is embracing like a tone rather than like any sort of like intense message or anything like that and it's just a dude who like his worst like fears and like uh that like you know like he's just always like running into mirrors or reflections and yada 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 kind of thing uh and like i would like to play on it like where he's like a little bit of like a narcissistic individual so he can't help but like always be like catching himself in mirrors and stuff like that um, and essentially like just sees like random horrific shit happening in mirrors. but like it's it's not happening. it's he's completely fine. He's, it's just a really like paranoid yeah driven kind of like film and that's pretty much it that's yeah, hmm. What about you, Joe On the fly movie idea
1: for Joe Boyle. So you know Humpty Dumpty right? <laughs> oh shit. okay. So Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. He fell. And he came back as a zombie. And he started frying up all of the egg people. And selling it to the bacon people. I thought he was the only egg person. Not in this universe. Okay. Not in this universe. Humpty Dumpty is the um the king of Egglandia. Okay. And he likes to sit
0: up on his perch. Is Fred Armisen in this? Could be. I don't know. Why not?
1: He sits upon his perch and he 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 eats upon 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 the eggs. He eats upon the eggs, but he doesn't let anyone know that he eats the eggs. But then he falls. And then all of a sudden Egg God shows up. He's like, (laughs) you idiot! Why would you do that? And then he raises him from the deck because he's like, YOLO, am I right? And then he just starts killing all the egg people and, you know, cooking them up. I'm the Egg Man. Goo kachu. <laughs>
0: well, what about you, London? You guys-
1: all right. My idea is um, this: man has amnesia, um, and the scientists kidnap him, and they put him in a robot suit, and they put him in a miniature city, and they try to convince him that he's a a robot bent on. Uh, world domination. I can't figure out why they would do this, but that's what they're doing. And it's about him trying to figure out like, he has these emotions and he's freaking out because he's a robot and he shouldn't be having emotions. But he doesn't want to tell anybody because he's afraid that he'll be shut off if they know he has emotions, even though he's human. So he's trying to deal with the idea that he's more human than robot when he thinks he's a robot, but really he's a human disguised as a robot. So I was really wondering how you're going to follow up my brilliant egg idea. (laughs) I think you got there. Just by a hair. Oh, thanks. Just by a hair. (laughs) Thanks. I I (laughs) I think we need a crossover where Humpty Dumpty is like, am I a zombie or an egg? What does it mean to be a zombie? Because if I'm eating the eggs, there's no brains in there yet. Like... So, the eggs that's a common, That's a common misconception. Have brain. I mean, only in a few movies do zombies actually eat brains. Most zombie movies, they eat flesh. So, an egg eating other eggs would be appropriate because that's basically like them eating. Wouldn't he want the egg. shell instead? No. He's no, like, he'd want like the yolk. The yolks like the guts and the blood. Yeah, but that's not, not the visceral. <laughs> I mean, it is to the egg.
0: I mean, is it not more, like, comparable to its, like, guts and internal organs? Exactly. probably my
1: point. It's probably closer to that, but in this... Ooh, I actually have a better right, another idea for your egg. Okay. So, he falls, right? Yep. And he, he's still the king. He Mm -hmm. falls, and he, like, cracks open himself, and he almost dies, but he doesn't. So instead of like killing people to eat their brains, he's killing people for their shells to like make himself stronger and more durable. So if he ever falls again, he'll be okay. He's like Gara. He's so just he just starts. He has like shell. He has three thousand layers of eggshell. <laughs> It's a terrible idea. <laughs> I
0: was like, is that, that's, more? No, that's not, that's not. What?
1: <laughs> that's just a joke. No, that's I'm infinitely really... better than, I don't know, he just wants eggs to eat people. Boys. He just wants to eat the egg people, I guess. I don't know. Oh, I'm really He sad. finds out that the king has secretly been taking eggs and hard boiling them for war. But he is the king, so. The king um, of the bacon. Humpty Dumpty? Yeah. Humpty yeah. Dumpty is umpty the dumpty king in this universe. Yeah. He's the king of Egglandia. yeah. But he's killing eggs and is then he's this also selling like Humpty Dumpty lore? No, this is this is <laughs> Joe Boyle lore. I, okay, i This was was is say, my I interpretation. Dumpty, it, this is the like Joe that. Boyle so extended. Egg. Universe. So you know how the Marvel Cinematic Universe takes from the comic books but puts their own spin on it? Yeah. Yeah. Joe Boyle That's takes me from his right, head right now. In, <laughs> okay. He's as, taking it from the Humpty Dumpty comic. As a representative of the Eggman. That is what
0: I offer to the the world of the Dumpty As a matter of fact, he revises it so it's all of my horses and all of my men. Couldn't even put me back together again? So, to get revenge, I ate them all.
1: Yeah, and I actually went so far (laughs) when I was revising the original source material. uh, They actually gave me permission to do that. Uh, I went so far as to put, for Joe... So whenever people come up to me and they want me to sign their books, I'm like, oh, at the end, who's Joe? And then you go And then I go Joe Death and you kill them. <laughs> no, actually I answer that's me. Oh. How do they usually react? Thomas, you know Ben. I don't know any Benjamins, I'm sorry. <laughs> ben Quaternaros. Benjamin nuts. <laughs>
0: oh my oh, also man. I'm really sad that none of those uh, Humpty Dumpty revival stories end up with him as like the three million dollar man or whatever the fuck. Like, yeah, and they call it hard boiled, dude. I I, I think it is gonna be like a killer bean esque kind of thing where he's just like, hopefully, good. That's your favorite, (laughs) but his enemy, hold up, hold up, his enemy gravity and then. Then, starring
1: Sandra Bullock and George Clooney. He's and, like they thought they could take me down gravity. <laughs> they play the song. Yeah, it's just that one soundbite of Eminem saying "Whoops, there goes gravity"
0: over and over Mom, again for the but entire yeah, credit it's sequence. It's just the song Gravity by Turnstile. Gravity. Yep. All right, Before Trilogy? Wait.
1: I have another idea for the hump. No, I'm just <laughs> also- <laughs> I I uh, actually did see a, uh, a movie. Oh movie. shit. What did you see? Um, I watched uh hitch killer. Uh, wow, dude, that's cool. Uh, we just talked about that, yeah. I think, on the last episode, too. Oh, um, did you? A little bit. I mentioned that I watched it. Oh. I don't know if I talked it. I don't even remember. <laughs> I, I, I don't I, think you said anything. I think you just said you watched it. Yeah. So, okay. The first time, Have you seen it
0: before? So, well... Uh, I showed first, him my like, cap before. So, the first time... Well, what ended up happening was, uh, me and Thomas tried watching it before, uh, but, the. Uh, w- the version that I had, uh, that I was, that I got from Thomas ended up, uh, only half downloading. So, like, yeah. And, um... you mean half downloading. We only buy movies
1: here on this podcast.
0: Sorry, I mean, uh... Well, transferring. Yeah, transferring would have been the more early episodes. I totally admit it to a lot of, uh... No. It was a joke. They're all jokes. Yeah, and he was just transferring a, uh, uh... (laughs) Uh, the subtitles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. No, I I, uh, I watched it this time and uh, go, going through it again. I was just kind of like, you know, like nothing. Nothing really changed uh, my opinion. Uh, like of the first half of the movie, because right around where I, uh, you know, spoilers, spoilers. Uh, right around like where I uh, stopped, like where like the it stopped. Was uh, they they in the woods? And he's like, "Did you tell anybody?" Also, I feel like an idiot because I didn't realize until that scene right there that that was the dad from American Horror Story. Um, from American Dad. You didn't know that? I don't watch American Horror uh, Story. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh. I don't Steph actually know who does. Peter Griffin. My mom hmm? does. Does huh. Seth MacFarlane do Peter Griffin? Should? Yeah, I think Steph so. Seth MacFarlane voices like two thirds of the cast. He does do yeah. Peter Griffin. Okay. Well, I was asked. This. <laughs> Um but um yeah no it, it was a it was a pretty good end to the uh to the film I thought it was a pr- pretty good movie uh li- like the liked a lot of it except for how stupid the son was and you know uh realizing like now like uh, a lot of like what he was doing was pretty premeditated and he was just trying to give his dad any chance he fucking could to like not be a goddamn psychopath and I really honestly loved how fucking ridiculous Ridiculous! The dad was like he was, like a like he was like out of twelve, just extreme egotistical lunacy. Like, yeah, it was. He was awesome. He, like pretty much.
1: Whoa! Spy penguin. Uh, he's pretty much, uh, sorry, there is Spy Penguin going across London's TV. That's pretty
0: much, okay, so Arctic Dogs, remember that? Yeah, Spy thing? I, I saw the Same thing. for Same Arctic thing. Dogs. Same thing. I'm going gonna to see that theater. in the next couple days. Well, you have fun with that.
1: I will. <laughs> um, Thank you for making that decision in London. Yeah, Clove Hitch Killer is, a uh, very, like, inspired by, like, BTK. BTK and, uh, Zodiac Killer. Right. I wish that they would have maybe, like, Kind of tried to mix maybe a couple more or maybe go a more original route because it's a little too BTK. Like it's very very close, Mm -hmm. but outside of that, yeah, I think it's a pretty enjoyable. Question: I liked it enough. What? Why did you take your wiener off? Yeah. Oh, I did. I just saw. I just saw Thomas chop off his dick while we're recording. My bad. It was. I mean, I'm fine with you doing that. Just don't bleed over my chair.
0: Sorry. It's
1: yeah, I also liked Clove Pitch Killer. I think I liked it the least out of the three that have watched it. Oh, uh, what, what, what did you give it? Field I gave it a six. Yeah. Okay. I, a, I think I no. It's it's a different thing. Think I think I okay. gave it like a seven. You gave it an eight originally. Yeah. Guess, and you uh, were like, oh, you told me you're like you should watch it, and then you as gave it as seven. a surprise to no one. I didn't even know this movie existed until you guys just mentioned it. Well, it's pretty decent. You
0: might enjoy it. Yeah. the plot is just, you know, like, boy don't... thinks his dad's a serial killer. Is he? Is he? I don't know.
1: You guys are the one that's that watched the
0: movie. I don't no, know. No joke.
1: Is, is he? You have the answer. I don't. Uh, similarly, in vain, there's a movie called uh, I Am Not a Serial Killer about a boy who uh, he's like a juvenile delinquent, if I remember correctly. I haven't seen it in like two years, but I remember enjoying it. Um, He lives next to Christopher Lloyd, and he's convinced he's a serial killer. But is he? Uh, Anyway, pretty good
0: movie, from what I remember. The other movie that I watched, uh, Bella showed me Creep. Fuck, I love Creep. You haven't seen Creep yet? No, I had not seen Creep. Uh, Now you can watch Creep 2. Uh, I'm actually definitely going to watch that. I definitely needed a little bit of a break, because... (sighs) Just jump right into it. Dude, just jump right into it. Creep 2 really makes you want, like, uh, oh, I can't remember his name off the top of my Mark head. Duplass. Uh Yeah, uh, him, uh, you, you really just want him to, like, fuck off no, his character. Okay. Like, no, like, towards the end, you really just want him to, like, be kind I, of, I like, a, like, a good, like, you want him I to guess. be, like, you want him to, like, go against your expectations. You know what I mean? And then the ending just you know, hits you quite literally, and it's just like, oh... oh, I love that movie.
1: (laughs) But it's really good. Creep 1 and Creep 2 are... Phenomenal! Moves. I will say we're going to be real but I, you really like the second one, right? I thought the first was You thought the first one was all right, though. Yeah, right? I, I thought the first one was all right. I, I, I enjoyed. I was just it. saying you disagree
0: with the idea that they're phenomenal. Yeah, I, I'll tell you this though, Aaron or whatever his name is. <laughs> yep. Do you see how dude, the guy's a fucking giant? Like he could have yeah. taken like what's his face like so easily. Like
1: not everybody wants to.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and definitely. not everybody's capable of doing it. Like. Psychologically, yeah. Oh, I guess that's
1: true. Uh, that's the director. Oh, really? Yeah, Patrick oh, Bryce. Yeah. Oh, sick. He directed the second one. He's doing the third. Um, he did another movie recently that was apparently. Oh, he did a kind movie called like the Overnight or, that I really like. Uh, it's like a weird, like
0: kind of sex movie about Adam Scott and Jason Schwartzman, and they like. I have seen that one. Uh, the one about like uh, the 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 the, the, the four way or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big movie, fan of that. That movie made me kind of uncomfortable the first time I watched yeah, it. Yeah,
1: I feel, I feel that. Uh, I, I saw Especially it like last Adam year. Scott's
0: though. character like it, it was
1: just kind of weird. Jason concerned. Schwartzman has a prosthetic penis in it that's like 10 inches long. Huh? <laughs> okay that's a prosthetic penis? Yeah okay. I was I needed to, I looked it up because I'm like does Jason Schwartzman just have a gigantic. He
0: wears such tight pants and fucking Scott Pilgrim yeah. versus the world and I was like okay hold on. He, like tuck it? I'm like Dude, I was very confused. I'm really glad that you told me about that because I was like how does this man lit who wears these He, he puts it up. It's right like, under Underneath his shirt, he's not, he's his shirt. His shirt. my man's right pulling the scary movie too, where he's just like, "What do you think? Tucked in or out?"
1: Ah, uh, yeah. So, but no overnight. I really enjoy though. Um, right, but I like weird sex-positive movies. I think it's also supposed to be a little uncomfortable. Yeah, because talking about sex is uncomfortable, and like, and they were the things they were experiencing was uncomfortable. Yeah, talking about sex with strangers is, unco- is uncomfortable for sure. Yeah. Especially for weird heterosexual couples that, like, don't experiment. when your kids are around. <laughs> yeah. Ah, whatever. <laughs> ah, you Just put on <laughs> Spy Penguin and just go fucking out around. <laughs> I <laughs> thought fuck. you were going to say Spy Kids and I'm like... Ah, oh, Spy Penguin! No, that's true. Yeah. Spy Penguin! The kids won't. He are you guys excited for Spies in Disguise? Is that huh? the movie with Will Smith where he's a pigeon? He's the... A- Spy pigeon, yeah, and, no. and Tom Holland's in the movie too, I think. Yeah, he's like the regular secret agent. I think you guys, you're not. He's
0: not Spider Man. No, I, I mean you're me. Saying, no, no. Comes out Christmas. I don't care. Maybe. I'm not at all either, but <laughs> Joe's very very. Is there anything besides Star Wars that's coming out notable? Jumanji in three, or I don't 4. care about the Jumanji. Uh, I mean, the third Star.
1: one was great. A lot of things, I'm sure. December For, th- Frozen. Like, I, season I, season I, I season said notable, like I Jumanji. I said I'm sure Jumanji, like Welcome yeah. to the Jungle, made a billion dollars. Okay, I
0: guess. I, I guess like, uh, I and I really loved it. I, I thought it was great.
1: And I anything conforming Jumanji. to your taste, yes, as I go out. Huh? out. No, I thought that already
0: came out. No, it comes out
1: on. What day is Thanksgiving?
0: Uh, The 25th? Thursday
1: of November. Wait, is it the 25th? The 23rd. I think so. Isn't that the rule? I don't know how Thanksgiving works. I I hope so. The last Sunday of the month. No, that's the Sabbath. What black? Sabbath. I don't know. I just decided to make a bad joke. I was about to say, "What is?" This? I decided to 28. A random holiday. Okay. I'll be in Mexico. I'd I wonder be... if they'll be playing. Well, hopefully, it's in Spanish. Yeah, oh. really going to see uh, Star Wars in Mexico. No, I'll be back in way before that. Mm. I already bought two tickets for the opening
0: night.
1: Mm. I'm seeing it twice on our. I row. Are yet. you really?
0: Yeah.
1: Seeing it in uh, IMAX 3D and then IMAX 2D. Or IMAX 2D, then IMAX 3D. I'll probably be waiting a few days after the releases to go see it because I'll be with the family. Who's that? You know Vin Diesel? No. (laughs) Ah, yes, Vin Diesel. I probably won't see it, but. Uh, Uncut Gems comes out soon, also. Ooh, Ooh, yeah. When does that come out?
0: December, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, I think the 8th,
1: I want to say. Ooh, I'm going to
0: have to go see that in Promare on the same day. Yes, Watch Pro is well and they're coming out with like the um the rescreening with like a 15 minute uh uh like um 1917 um, comes thing. out Christmas as well
1: you know, I, I had, had no movie. clue about that movie until me and you went to go see *Parasite* in theaters, hmm. and we saw that trailer. And then they were like, "Yeah, this is a one take movie." Then, like, I don't, I don't think it's actually one take. I think it's just like cut a time. bunch of like one takes. But I mean, even still, that's yeah, impressive. it's crazy to do that. It's like giant explosion, and, like, and yeah. we're just running with it. Run- I saw the poster for it. And I'm like, okay, it looks like a war movie. Yeah. Uh, Queen and Slim also comes out. Ooh, oh, yes! Geez, yeah. So, yes, there's a ton of... Uh, little Women comes out soon. I've heard nothing but great things about well. Little Women. It's, uh, it's a... I think it was a book. Um, it was a, like, a historical drama piece. It's been made like three times, but Greta Gerwig is doing it. And apparently it's very, very good. Greta Gerwig? You mean and, that little activist girl? Um, That's Greta Thunberg. But Greta Gerwig, I would say, probably is somewhat active in the ist ist community. <laughs> I really enjoyed Lady Bird so I'm excited to see her yeah, no. new directorial stuff cuz that was her first directing at yeah, least feature, was, right? I don't fun. know if she did any short films um, or anything. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty sure she just acted before that. She I'm sure she probably did The some point being, plenty films. of good movies coming out.
0: So, uh, you're wrong, Lucero. I literally did not say that there was any good movies. I yeah, asked said. if there was any good movies. That's basically the same thing as saying <laughs> that mm. you think there are no good movies coming <laughs> no, out. Uh, uh, Guns N' yeah, yeah. comes out the 13th of December. So what right? is, when does Queen Slim come out? Uh,
1: uh, also, The Irishman comes out very soon on Netflix. Uh, the new Scorsese film that's three and a half hours. Ooh. Probably be my first Scorsese movie? Question mark. Have you seen Hugo? No. I'm sure. I'm sure you've probably seen one. Maybe. I, I feel like I probably it. haven't. He. of uh, comes out a November 27th. Wide Body of work that same same day day is popular. Uh, Thomas. I don't watch a lot of popular movies. Actually, that's a lie. I feel you like have seen Taxi people. Driver? Uh, with Robert De Niro. Yeah. No. Huh. Sucks. <laughs> probably not. Yeah, it's a than bad version pretty, of the Joker. It's pretty decent. Um, <laughs> have you seen The Wolf of Wall Street? <laughs> I saw, like, the first hour of it in college, and then I got drunk. Have you seen Shutter Island? No. The Departed? No. That's a great movie. Um, What about the Perry? Did you watch Bring Departed? Out the Dead with me? And Pierre? Bring Out the with, Dead? No. With Nick Cage? No. As an ambulance driver? That movie's great, but, no. uh, he also did that. Um, he's done a ton of stuff. You'll watch some eventually with me. Probably. He also hates the MCU, which is really funny. He doesn't actually hate it, but he's just being funny, funny man. Funny old guy. Yeah, very true. Thomas is tired. I see it in his soul. Yes. Well, and that's the case, then, uh... Go to Shall bed. we move on? No, we're gonna... I'll take a nap on the podcast, uh... Have some good sleeping more. Yeah. That's why we have you guys on this week, so I can just be quiet and nod off every once in a while and you guys can feel the time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Even though this wasn't <laughs> even a thing that we had planned until like two days ago. That's and I wasn't think. even feeling about I this until last it. night. No. <laughs> <sighs> That's right, Wait, fun. no. It was yesterday that we figured this out. Yeah. Okay. Well then. Okay. Alright, okay, so we're going to be talking about the Before Trilogy. Wait, questions. Oh my There's fucking no god. Oh. Never mind. Pierre, Pierre didn't... And... No, I asked if he... Well, no, because he did one the other day and I Wait, hold on. Hold on. I got it. Okay, so we can just mock a question right now, right? Okay. You, you pretend to be Pierre. Okay. Hey, Ethan! What do you think about the pile of poopy poopy, poopy poop that is Erisur Heed, and why is Potion Cellar the greatest thing ever invented? You know, Pierre, I'm real sick of your fucking shit, you know? (laughs) I don't care if you don't like Eraserhead, it's one of my favorite movies. You know, subjective, you know? No, I'm just kidding. You're you're allowed to have your opinion. Um, Potion Cellar I thought was shit though, so, um, yeah. That seems like you're taking a least combat-effective route in your life. Huh. But what if you need the potions then to fight God? Well, then he'll go to a potion seller that sells weaker potions. But you can't go to a potion seller that sells weaker potions. You need the strongest potions. That's the most combat efficient route. Okay. I'll just die if I need
0: potions. Yeah, I'll All just right. die.
1: <laughs> Alright, so we're talking about the Before Trilogy. Um, <clears throat> this trilogy was made from 1994 was the first release with Before Sunrise. Second release was 2003 with... No, I messed That's that up. 1995, 2004 okay. with Before Sunset, and 2013 with Before Midnight. Um, they are all starring Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy. Um, the first one doesn't even have any other named characters. The second one has like two other named characters yeah. that they talk to for like the first two minutes. And then the third one has a couple recurring characters at the beginning for, like, the first, like, hour. And then the second hour is just them. Um, So, these are all directed by Richard Linklater. They're all written by Linklater, uh, Julie Delpy, and Ethan Hawke. And they're all amazing. Uh, Let's talk about Before Sunrise. Um, Let's go through the basic plot of it. Okay, I'm going to backseat this one, because I don't
0: remember much about this one. You guys watched it yesterday. Well, yeah, they...
1: Did you rewatch it with
0: Thomas? I as well? didn't rewatch it, but I like it's pretty fresh in okay. my mind. Like. Um, so I
1: rewatched it just a couple days ago. Thomas did as well, but mm. the other two haven't seen it for like three months, something uh, like that. Whatever we did that night on, um, yeah, it was like two and a half, three kind months, of like a, ago. a bitch. So yeah, um, made me feel so. I was this scared. movie all takes place over the course of a single night, uh, or I guess an afternoon into the night. Uh, it opens up with Ethan Hawke little 23-year-old Ethan Hawke sitting on a train in a foreign country. Shit, he's only a year older than I am in that movie. Fuck. Okay, do not ever say that again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so next year you can go to Vienna. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So he's on a train. We don't know where he is. We don't know anything. All we know is we hear a couple, they're speaking German. So suddenly we're like, we're probably in Germany. Uh... The couple's arguing back and forth, so the woman next to them decides to move, and she moves right next to Ethan Hawke. And then they storm off, and he leans over, and he's like, hey, do you speak English? Do you know what's going on? She's like, yeah, not really. <laughs> she says, my German's not so good. Um, she's obviously French. Uh. So they get to talking. They're talking, chatting away. Uh, they're hitting it off, and they immediately jump into, like, existential questions. They, they're, they're automatically just really comfortable with each other, and they start talking about pretty deep philosophical things. Um, and they, they're probably on that train for... It does a little time skip. They're probably on it for, like, an hour and a half after that talking. And um, <laughs> then the train stops in Vienna, where Ethan Hawke is getting off because he has a flight the next morning. He's leaving, and he... He's really sad because he's like, I really wish I had met you before. So he's like, okay, crazy idea. <laughs> get off the train with me. Spend the night here in Vienna hanging out with me, and then you get back on the train tomorrow morning. I get on my flight, and for whatever reason, she's like, okay, let's do it. Yep. And so they do, and then they spend the, over the next hour and thirty minutes of the film, they spend time together, and they. Fall fall in love in one night, pretty much, and have what may be the greatest romance in history in one night. <laughs> so they do a bunch of stuff. They, uh, they meet a couple of guys who are like, come see our play. And they're like, oh, okay. And then they never do. Yeah. Which I really like that they don't, because it adds a sense of realism to it. Like, it's not just like, hey, here's the first thing they do. Oh, now they're set to do that. They don't go and do that. <laughs> um, yeah. What else one oh, of the more it beautiful it. parts of the movie is that they're very much just involved with each other at that point. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the entire time they're hanging out, they don't really do anything. They just go to different places, they experience the atmosphere, and they talk. Yeah, this movie's pretty much just a 90-minute conversation with some nice background scenery yeah. and there's uh, some great shots that are just, you know, pretty subtle, like there's just nice shots, there's nice uh there's a nice soundtrack, which I'm pretty sure I'm not positive on this, but it feels like everything, every music, in, all the music in the movie is like music in the world that's happening. I like they're listening to a record on that. or they're listening to somebody play, or at least a lot of it. There is a lot of like ambient sound yeah. coming from the world itself. Uh, which I'm really glad about. You know, there's a lot of Movies where it's just like, they're walking down the street and it's just like, why the fuck isn't there any noise? Yeah. What's going on?
0: Are are they in a ghost town? They live in a vacuum. I remember in the second movie, uh, it's it's just so natural and organic. Mm I was like what the fuck is that buzzing noise? And I thought there was, like, a buzzing noise next door that, like, your, like, neighbor was, like, using, like, a drill or something. And it was just, like, ambient noise <sighs> and the speaker was right next to your ear. Yeah, I do know. Was just <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Let me open up my notes on Before Sunrise. Um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, so, do we they do a bunch of stuff. I'll, I'll talk about the ending, and then we'll talk about individual pieces. So they do a bunch of stuff. They slowly fall in love with each other throughout the night and then at the end they're like they decided throughout the night that they're like this is gonna be it relationships never last and we don't think this one will so So let's just have one perfect night and say goodbye tomorrow and that's what they want to do but then when they get to the train they're like they're like crying they're like no i don't want to do this i want to see you again and they're still young so they're like no but we can't we can't just call each other we'll grow too tired of it and we'll we'll fade it'll fade away so let's decide to meet here again in six months so yep. that's what they decide to do they're like okay six months from now this same spot 6 pm. let's meet and then she gets on the train he walks away and the movie ends and we don't know anything that happens they they don't have a sequel until nine years later <laughs> yeah uh, do you? Do you want to talk? Just stop here and go back and like start talking about this one, or do you want to just like kind of like
0: run yeah, I through the plot, plot of, all of all three of them? Do you want to go
1: through the plot of all three and then come back to each individual part? Yeah, yeah sure. sure. Okay, why not? Um, so that is the basic plot of before. That's probably a good idea because yeah, it's, the trilogy char- characters. The trilogy like, the is like very very yeah. cohesive. Like yeah. even yeah. though it's you know nine years eighteen difference. years to make in total or whatever. Um, it's a beautiful thing Uh, so before sunset we meet up it's been nine years we don't know if they ever connected Um, but the first shot is Ethan Hawke he's sitting in a bookstore in Paris and he has his book and it's called uh, This Time Um, and he's talking about they're talking about hey is this based on a true story and they're going through the basis of the first movie and he had written it about her and that night. And he's like, he's giving, like, these vague answers, and he's like, fine, it's my last stop on the bookstore. Yes, it's real. Um, and they ask, so, did you ever meet back up with her? And he's like, well, I want that to be open to interpretation. If you're a cynic, like this guy, he points to some baldo, And he's like, you don't think they got together. If you're a romantic like her, you think they do. And really surprised everybody in the room when they saw me on the screen. Yeah. We're like, wow, Joe, you were eight when this movie came out. But I look like a 45-year-old man. Yeah. And now you look eight. Um, And then there's a person in the middle. And you're like, and you, you're asking questions because you don't know, but you hope. And he's talking about this and he's talking about his new idea for a book and then he looks over, and he sees Julie Delpy. And yep. he's like, whoa! Whoa!
0: He starts so he, over his words and joke.
1: Yeah. So he finishes his book talk, and they go over, and he starts talking to them. Yeah. And they start talking, and they decide to, you know... They, it's obvious that they didn't meet up with um, that it didn't happen. So he's like, hey, can we hang out? I have, like, an hour and 20 minutes to kill. So this movie's um, The first movie is... Over a single night, and there's lots of like cuts, and they do time skips through like thirty minute intervals and stuff, and an hour intervals. In before sunset, it's just from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie. It's like an hour and twenty minutes, and it like has cuts and stuff, but yeah. it doesn't. You have, follow the character yeah, from yeah. the time we meet them to the time when the film ends. Yeah, it and never, it never gaps. Yeah, it never has a gap in time, even for like five minutes, really. Yeah, they're just talking, they're walking around. They're pretty much walking the entire time, except at the very end. Well, I that, guess they're on a boat too. I guess the whole time constraint thing is probably one of my more favorite parts about that. Is it's just yeah, just there is, hour and yeah a half the way they did that waters, was sure. pretty brilliant. I, that was beautiful. I do think that this movie, it's it works on its own, but I think that it's very hard to. It's, it's watch just, it. It doesn't work by itself at all. I no. think that the first one and at least the third one kind of work by themselves. Yeah, this that, one does not at all. But I'm well. okay with that because they're short films. If it was like a three-hour film... Like, look at like something like The Two Towers, the Lord yeah. of the Rings movie. You know, it's, it, it's weird to just watch The Two Towers, in my opinion, but it works on its own. Yeah. A lot of big... But if a movie... If a trilogy of movies you can get through in four and a half hours... And for one good. cohesive story, I'm okay with the second one just being a stepping stone. Yeah. Especially when the stepping stone is a very well-crafted stone. Yeah. Um, so they they walk around for an hour and 20 minutes, and he's he has a wife and kid now, and he's like, I'm really unhappy. <laughs> They're talking about how unhappy they are, and how much they wish they had seen each other. Um, and at the end... He's like, I don't love my wife. I love my son. I'm with her because I love my son. I love him more than anything. And every time I see him, I'm happy. But every time he's gone, I'm not. And so they go into her apartment at the end, and she sings him a song about that one night. That last, that that one night stand and how much it meant to her. And so, obviously, this thing had been in their minds, both of their minds, for nine years. Yeah, And then... She's like she kept going like you're going to miss your plane. He's like, ah, I'll be fine. I'll leave soon." And then at the end of the movie, the very last lines are, "You're going to miss your plane." And he just says, "I know." And he starts smiling and laughing and the movie ends. Yep. Which was such a brilliant brilliant way to end the movie. Huh? Is, he, is he still with us? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's, it's hard to tell. He yeah. L- wearing sunglasses, so it's yeah. hard to tell if he's uh, awake with this one. Ooh bright, <laughs> too bright. No. Well, too bright, like my future. Thankfully, you know, we live in... A the, society. We live in a society, in a society that's present, to know that there is another movie. But, like, can you imagine, like, you were like, the first one was pretty good, you liked it, and then you hear the, oh, before Sunset. That's maybe a continuation, and it is. And then it just
0: ends right there. I mean... Dude, I was I, thinking I about think that the entire time. That would have sucked so badly.
1: Honestly, I... I would be I would be okay with like I, I wouldn't have been super angry because it's it ends on a more the first one is really ambiguous if they're gonna get together yeah, yeah. which is fine but the second one at least ends on a hopeful note He yeah. like says I know so it's like you could just assume that they got
0: together no yeah, totally yeah. it's just, it just, it just, just like, like no closure with it like and it's like you, you want to just see what happens more and more and more. It's definitely more like, not from like an actual anger
1: or frustration thing with it, but more mm. like a blue ball situation. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't get to see Ethan Hawke fuck. That's um, true. So third one, fast forward another nine years. We open the movie in an airport in Greece and we're introduced to another character. Um, it's Ethan Hawke's son, little Hank. Yep. Or Gosh, Henry. Henry. His birth name's Henry, but they call him Hank... And I guess that's just kind of a thing because his name is James, but like he, he goes by yeah. Jesse, and I'm just like, I guess that's just his family thing. He's like, I'm gonna name him one thing, but we're gonna call him another.
0: Yeah, that confused me at one point in the movie. I'm like, wait, who are we? T- who's Henry? I only know it's head. like, yeah, my son's name is David, but I like to call him Patrick. It's like, yo, dog, that's not how that works. It's not like a Bob Robert kind of thing. Um.
1: I don't know. I guess maybe Henry and Hank are like nicknames for each other. I'm maybe sure. I, that's. Like, I guess that's they both start with H. That's, that's I didn't think Bob me. was a like short for fucking Roberty. Robert. Robert. What Bobathy? <laughs> um, so we open in an airport in Greece, and he's with his son, and his son's leaving, and they're talking about how this was like his best summer ever. So we immediately open
0: up to a uh, a callback to the. Uh, what was it, the first movie or the second movie? What callback? Which yeah. callback was that? Uh, the, the joke about the uh, locking the kids up. Or- oh yeah, well, yeah. Uh- <laughs> um, so they say goodbye to each other, and he walks
1: outside, and we're finally we see Julie Delpy, and she's there, so it's like, oh, they did the stay. one, by the way. Um, and then th- this is a little reference to the second movie, because in the second movie, sh- at one point after she had asked if he had kids, uh, she goes, oh, yeah, I do. I have two. And she's like, oh, no, I left them in the car six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we open up. She's there. And she had just stepped out of the car. And there were two kids in there. So it's like, ha, I see what you're doing. Um, so they get in the car. And it's like, hey, they're happy. And they, they are. They're happy-ish. They are doing a lot. Um, at first, it's just little petty shit yeah. like most people do <laughs> little jabs at each other. And then they get into like a bigger argument and then it's okay. Cause their kids wake up. So they're distracted <laughs> and they start shopping and they're fine. And well, then they go back to before they wake up. Uh, there's an important bit of conversation that happens though. Oh yeah. He takes the apple and he goes, this is the family apple. No, no. am right. talking about the part where he skips the ruins. Oh, and he goes, see light of ruins! That's, yeah. yeah, okay. Is that what you're referring to? Totally. Basically, he's upset um, because Hank is, like, traveling back and forth, and he wants his son to, like, stay more, and uh, Hank calls. Yeah, so Hank is, Hank's mother lives in America still. She has sole custody of him. The only times Hank gets to come by are for summer and for Christmas. Um, So, probably about three months out of the year, maybe, depending on how much of the summer. We don't really see how much. I want to say they said that summer was like six weeks, I think. Yeah, so maybe a little less than three months, like two and a half in total. Um, And he's really upset about it, and he's like, oh, I wish I was there. And he's like, oh, I can't keep doing this. And he keeps complaining, and he keeps like... You know, obviously putting out like feelers, like, "Hey, maybe we should move to Chicago where he lives," and she's like, "No!" Yeah, and she starts, she starts freaking out, and um, you're like, "What's almost, going on?" Almost out of nowhere, it feels, but, but we'll see. Yeah, um, we'll see. She starts like kind of freaking out. She's like, "No, we're we're staying here. We're not going to Chicago." Uh, and they they argue for a while, and then the girls wake up, and they arrive back at. The, the Greek house they've been staying at. Um, they're visiting with this other author friend of Ethan Hawke. And there's a bunch of characters. There's just a bunch of dialogue about random shit that's great. But uh, a lot of it is not necessarily interconnected. Loosely connected. If um, you yeah, like. they're loosely connected to the overarching story. They add to the themes of the film and stuff, but... For story-wise, mostly they're just hanging out, talking, still being kind of petty to each other. Uh, at one point during dinner, Julie Delpy's character, Celine, she brings up what happened in the car, and he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. That's yeah. not cool. He's like, I didn't. That's not what I said. and They get into an argument, and somebody has to interrupt them. But then they're good, and they have a hotel room for the night to be by themselves, which they're not even really into. They're like, I don't really want to do this. I'm. I'll be worried about the girls, specifically. Celine's not really. Into yeah. It. Um, Jesse's totally down for yeah, it. Yeah. Jesse's like, let's do it. Um, but the girls, the twin girls, are being babysat by their friends. So they're they're walking to this hotel. Ariadne or um, Ariadne? I don't know what her name is. And Steffan. Ariadne. Ariandi. Something, something, like something like that. Um. So then, this is already, like, 45 minutes into this two-hour film, or a little less than two-hour film, and they walk to the hotel for about 20 minutes, just talking, living life. They're like, hey, it's so refreshing to be able to just talk to you, that it's not about scheduling, or food, or bills, it's just... It felt very talk. reminiscent to what was a big portion of the previous yeah, it, movies. Yeah, like, there's there's always a big walk scene, in the first one, and the second one, that's just, like, just... Head-on walk scene. It happened. Then the first one. The second one is like right after they leave. There's the big walk scene where they go to the coffee shop, um, and then they're walking more. But this is like. The, and then there's the second one. Also has the walk on the park, the garden path. Yep. Um, oh. So then they get to the hotel. They start. Julie Delpy pulls out her titties. Um and when I watched it both times I went, Hey guys, this movie has did. <laughs> um and then they start making love. Uh Hank calls her and is like, Hey, I'm here. Uh you left my science project. And she's like, oh, Okay, I'll get it to you later. Bye. And Ethan talks like, so let me talk to him. And this has happened this happened earlier on the film too. So this sparks uh she also says, Hey, good luck with your mother. You know, kind of passive aggressively. So then this sparks the argument, and this argument lasts 45 minutes, uh, and a lot of mean things, a lot of mean things were said on both sides by both people. Um, And it's like, wow. You learn a lot of things like, hey, these little fights that they've been having have been going on for, like, years, pretty much.
0: Yeah. Specifically Um, the ones where uh, um, Jesse's projecting a lot of his, like, uh, insecurities of not being there for Hank uh, onto Celine, and how the conversation that feels very unwarranted uh, in terms of the reaction that Jesse gets um, is actually a thing that happens about two times a year for the last like what six years or whatever and like seven, seven. and, well, it's, and I it's just like uh, it, it's been building up to this point because it's just like it's like an annual thing almost is', is what it yeah. is indicated
1: but it's also obvious that these conversations never, She never tries to, like, have these conversations either. She pretty much, she's like, oh, this happens every time. And she never really goes for it and really sits down. This is the first time we really see them, like, sit down and try to reconcile. And then Ethan Hawke says something, like, offhand that he might have meant, like, subconsciously. But he obviously, like, didn't mean to say it that way. And it pisses her the fuck off. He pretty much, he says something that, like, kind of equates to blaming her for the situation. Um, yeah, he also says some shit. And then they get into a bigger fight and they start saying a bunch of shit. And he's like, I wouldn't put up with her, nobody else would put up with her. You're exactly. fucking crazy. And she says a bunch of shit. She's like, You're fucking, <laughs> you fucking suck at sex. Yeah. Um, and they say a bunch of mean shit to each other. And then she says she doesn't love him anymore and she storms out of the room. Specifically, because that line I think means a bit more than just saying "I don't love you anymore." She's like, "I don't think I've loved you for a while," which I think hits yeah. a bit harder. But I don't she also I, says she doesn't think like she doesn't. Yeah. There's also there's thing, in, it's like she's angry. They're also
0: they're both super angry and they can't think straight. I definitely think like based off like like you know like anybody's experience with like you know like if like you've like dated enough like like you're gonna end up in a toxic relationship or two kind of thing um, and this is not necessarily toxic by like when isolated by itself but in this case uh you know like sometimes in situations like that you say some shit to like you know like push the envelope or like you know like essentially like to, inc- to, to see if, like how much this situation that you're talking about matters to the other individual kind of thing. Uh, and it definitely seemed like that was like, a, I'm done with this fucking conversation. I've had yeah. enough to hear kind of thing. And like, I'm, I'm leaving kind of thing. But also, like, a, I don't want you, like, I don't want this to be the end of this. I definitely got that, like, feeling, yeah. like, uh, like, as she was, like, leaving.
1: And also, it's like, Throughout this entire series, the first two are really lovey-dovey films. They get into some arguments, but, you know, they're, they they're, they barely they're, knew each other, really. They're, so, they're, yeah. they're very surface-level arguments. Yes. and But it also shows us that both of them are very they're prone to jumping into arguments, like, really quickly. They're both extremely hot-headed. So it was only a matter of time until this all boiled over and they said things they didn't mean. Because they're way too hot-headed of people. And... Neither of them have, like, gotten the help that they need. They're not... They... Both of them were like, we haven't been communicating with each other, like, at all. Um, It's revealed that probably both of them cheated on each other. And they're not even super mad about that in general of that. It's just that they were lying Yeah, it's more the lying aspect. Yeah. Which I met plenty of couples that are like that. It's like, you can have sex with another person. You need to tell me. You need to talk to me. Or you need to, like... If you made a mistake, you need to tell me. And they don't do that. And they have been doing that for years. Um, but she walks out. She leaves. And he's sitting there. He's looking around the room. He's contemplating. And then the movie ends with him going to where she is outdoor. Like an
0: outdoor like little Bar- restaurant area. Yes. Parlor. Yeah. yeah. And he... basically where they started off uh, their uh, little thing the before they went to the uh it was either before before they got like to hotel room. two seconds yeah. before they went to the hotel room they actually they watched the sunset yeah. go down and yeah. uh, and they're like still there Come also I don't know if this was supposed to be solid what this was but like um when she's like watching it go down she's like saying like still there still there still there and I don't know it almost felt like it reminded me of like an event that happens in the second movie where she like hugs him and she's like, still there. Well, yeah. It's, it's, no, I can see that. Yeah. No. And, and, he, yeah. he said that he was in the second movie. There's a line where he's like, "I'm so afraid
1: of like touching people that like I'm afraid that like I'm just gonna dissolve into molecules." I thought, so, like, not, I thought she said. Uh, that no, like he said that, he, no. said that. Mm-hmm. he was afraid. That's why she's like, "I'm gonna try something." She's like, "Hey, you're still here, right?" <laughs> and he says, "Still there." So she says it in that one. Um, but she's there. She's pissed. But he tries to win her back. He says some nice things, and he's like, "Hey." He's trying, but they're obvious both. They're, like, when it comes to conflict resolution, they're both terrible at talking to each other. So even though he's, like, trying and he's, like, trying to say sorry, he's like, I'm really bad at this. Um, and then they get into another argument, and he's like, hey, I if you think you can keep treating me like this, I'm not going to come back. But if you want true love, this is it. It, this is the real thing it's not perfect, it's fucked up but this is real and then they just kind of sit there brooding for a second, and they both look like they're gonna break down or freak out and then she when he had come down he had pretended to be a time traveler he'd be like, I'm a time traveler I have a note from you in 40 years yeah. um, and then she brings it up back again and there's a little hopeful note and then the movie ends the, the movie ends same ambiguity, whether As most of the other movies, all the other movies. Yeah. And then now yeah, that's that of the trilogy. Um, the first note I want to make that's pretty neat is what, when I was reading uh, when they were writing the first movie, they were trying to figure out why Celine would get off with this guy. Like, what would be cool? And he's like, she's like, well, he'd have, he'd have to be like really hot or like really funny. And he's like, okay, what if he was a time traveler? So like, that was the first idea. It's like, like as a joke, it's like, oh, that's a genius idea. So that was like the beginning of the whole thing. It's like, he's a time traveler as a joke. And I think that's really amazing that it comes back. And the, that's the ending note to do like, I'm a time traveler. See, what's funny, because, okay. like, leading into the first two movies, I didn't know that, um... What's Celine's actor, actress's name? Julie Delpy. Julie Delpy and Ethan Hawke were involved in any part of the writing process. So when you said that before we got into The Fourth Sunset, I was very, very keen. Because I don't think I've seen much more of, like, a complete and very fleshed-out real relationship in fiction. Yeah. And that's what it that's what it genuinely felt like to me. And I keep thinking about like there's a lot of building blocks that we see in terms of their past, who they are as people, where they came from, why they think the way they do, why they act these ways, and we're seeing these small snapshots of probably the more most important parts of their life. Yeah. And I think that is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Ah. There's another quote by Ethan Hawke who talks about uh, what each thing's about. He's like, the first one is like... Let me, let me find the quote. Somebody else talk. I've been talking Thomas, for about a thousand years. You, you've you been a little quiet. Oh, I hear you. brain. He's tired. Um, yeah, I think all three of them are really good. I think the middle one's kind of the weaker link of the three because it's like... Uh, one that I was saying earlier, it's like the one that's kind of the uh, depends on the other two for support, um, okay. while number one and number three are kind of like you could just watch them by themselves and you'd probably yeah. be fine. Totally. No, um, I, I was definitely thinking about if you could watch any of them like without the other.
0: Yeah. Uh, the I mean, first... I,
1: I think I could watch the second one <laughs> See, by I itself, actually... But I
0: actually kind of disagree with that. Um, I personally like. I'm not gonna, like, John and say that out of all of them, it stands the best on its own. Obviously, that's the first one. Like, um, but, like, the second one would definitely still, because of the way that it's shot, the way that, like, you don't see a lot of movies like it, in my opinion, and maybe maybe it's just because I'm an ignorant troglodyte plebeian who doesn't have, like, a much, like, films, uh like like or uh, cinema experience and whatnot and all not We yeah. all don't watch two thousand movies in a year. But um watch seven hundred this year. But um there's not a lot of movies that like feel as intimate and as close as it does. To the point where um one of my favorite things about it is the camera work. Yeah, like I would say like in, say. in the in, in, like in when I think of like my top five favorite things the first one is the camera work. It almost feels like you're fucking, like, stalking these guys, yeah, dude. It's like, a, it's, it's so organic and natural, and you're, like, you're so close to them. And yeah, it's that's just why, like, when you said intimate, that's the immediate thing that came to my mind. You know, the dialogue is
1: very intimate. It's, it's the very cozy, to, too. Yeah, yeah, and the the shots are all, like, pretty up close. not, like, too close where it's, like, well, what the fuck? Why am I, like, staring at this guy's nostril? But it's, like, it's just enough to just, like these are the only two people
0: it feels like they're the only two people in the world exactly like they're just in their own world and because of that I'm not going to lie to you because of the unique things detached from the story itself as soon as they leave the coffee shop and even maybe even before no as soon as they leave the bookstore and this is subjective to me you know what I mean not not everybody's me or you or you or you you know what I mean Um, but like ha 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 but like, uh, I I think like I would like end up finding intrigue and curiosity out of like the 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 uh, you know like the the vague hints at a past that is between these two individuals. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's also. As vague as... You're me. thinking of the movie as if you were actually stalking them in real life. <laughs> yes, no.
1: No, but... Uh, Sir, you told me you were actually on the set
0: following behind them very closely, but well-hidden behind the camera. I actually M- have an Ethan Hawke costume that I can go into with stilts and everything, so that way like I can be his exact height and everything. Uh, just pushes all my fat to my head. So I just like I kind of look a little big headed Ethan Hawke but like it works. Still Ethan Hawke. Yeah, no. Um but uh yeah, no like uh, e- even though like you know there there's like hints and remedi- uh, uh, uh to a uh, what the first like film like like the events of the first film um it's still very clear what's going on here you know right. what i mean like it's it's uh, like it's not confusing nothing is like about it it's hard to understand unless like you know like i mean like, I like unless you're not bit. so
1: smart like i definitely got a little lost in the mind games from
0: the big argument in the third movie but i feel like that was the point is to get a little oh lost yeah in no the but part. i'm talking oh, yeah, about you exactly one right now okay, okay. and like and yeah. like and like um just as, uh, like just like saying that like I kind of disagree that like it doesn't hold on its own like by itself very well. Kind of See, thing, you know my I mean? my big reason for advocating that the third one stands
1: better alone than the second one is the second one is really dependent on them remembering that night, and that's definitely in the third one too, but to a much lesser. Because they had
0: spent that whole until like the very end when he's like, "Hey, let's yeah. remember that night." And, yeah, and I'm not even saying that like. Like, 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 I, I agree. It's probably it holds itself, like it it, ho- it holds its own by itself. The weakest or the least out of all of them, yeah. I will say that. But I don't agree that it doesn't hold its own by itself as a movie kind of thing, and that like, yes, it. Yes, I, yes, I, I guess I agree as well. I think it holds it all. I I think I
1: may have misspoke. I I think it holds
0: it the least well
1: out of all three but I still it think, think as a I film like it works fine it by, and by it's, itself
0: it's just so clear and cohesive and very like see like another thing about it is it's so condensed dude uh, like this I would movie love to like, like get somebody to watch just it just to see what they thought like if because
1: it's weird because we know the events of the first one, but like the second one, Pierre only watched the second. For real, one. Pierre? I mean, actually, yeah, but they, he already knows like the the whole story
0: now. Oh, does he? Oh, yeah. yeah you know what we I just talked, talked about. You know it. what? My, my mom watches like uh, like romantic movies, and she's not necessarily like the most like you know like uh, cultured individual when it comes to like. uh cinema and stuff like that, so maybe, like, you know, getting, like, kind of, like, a uh, a simpler person's opinion uh, when it comes to, like, <laughs> when it <laughs> comes to cinema. It, it be, well, it, like, she has a... That would be a moment, like, if
1: like say she has your, a surface level interest in shows. Like a general audience member. General audience <laughs> member. Sorry. No, oh, no. I get what you're saying, but like that would be like one of the things that they would get into an argument about in the third movie. Like you would say oh, something like they oh, would and misspe- absolutely misspeak like that, and
0: they would be like, "See, are you calling me stupid?" And here's the thing: is like I actually like spe- speaking of my parents. Like I, I living with like a married couple. Mm-hmm. I literally see this all the time. Like I, like I remember like. Just a couple weeks ago, uh, I heard my stepdad say something in a anxious tone and my mom perceive it in like a rushing or aggressive tone and immediately all hell broke loose. And I like just for me coming into the room and be like, hey, stop, you misunderstood this and you misunderstood this. And they were both like. Uh, or, like, you were coming, trying to say this, and you were trying to say this, and they were both like, yes, and then yes, and I'm like, why couldn't you just stop for two seconds and actually have that conversation that I just made you but have? It's like one of those things yeah, where, like it's, they, it's
1: so easy from an outside perspective to, to fix- yeah, you know, And I know, and yeah. I know it's like easy to get caught
0: in the, the heat of the moment.
1: Yeah, and that's what's so, like, chaotic and beautiful about the fight in the third, yeah, movie, the third movie. The third movie, the fight lasts for, like, 37 minutes. It's one scene, like, there's cuts and stuff, but it's one scene that's, uh, Lucero's the- saying that he's going to go to the zoo. He's walking away. Oh. Bring me back a monkey. But are you? Do you want me to come over
0: there? Mm? What are you? Where are you going? Oh, just, go to women's bathroom. Okay. What? Go in that bathroom. It's fine. Okay.
1: It's. Was he it just being what? Was I don't know. Anyway, well, he's going to the bathroom. Should have sent the microphone in there with him. Are we, we should have just all moved in there with them, and we <laughs> yeah. sat in the tub together. True. Um, four weeks the tub. Do you want to start doing the podcast while sitting in the tub together? Tubby no? time, speaking of creep. <laughs> um, yeah, but... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so the, the thing I was going to bring up, uh, Ethan Hawke has described them as, the first one is... A film about what might be. Uh, The second film is about a film about what what could be or should have been. And then the third one is about what it is. And that's exactly right. It's like the first two are extremely romantic and, you know, idealized. Like the books, like he talks about. (laughs) They talk about, like, they're idealizing the situation this might not happen I don't think it's impossible for something like this to happen there no, one cool day but as soon as something like they've lived together for nine years so the third one it's sad to watch people fight but it's extremely realistic like yeah. it, it happens I don't fight that much with my girlfriend because we can talk to each other about these things but people especially people that are like 40 this is like a thing that like couples from like the 80s 70s before that, 90s, they don't know how to talk
0: to each other. Oh, uh, before the enlightened age of romance and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: And that's like, there's another thing in the third quote, movie quote. that um, I read about, and then I watched I, that just that scene. I'm like, oh yeah, the when Ethan Hawke bites into the apple, it's brown. They say that, right? Yeah, and they're like, oh, it's the the relationship is like at the core, it's like brown, like decaying, and then like the next time we really see them together. They're with uh the other couple, Anna and uh Achilleus, yeah. which are like this young couple, and Anna immediately bites a fresh
0: apple. <laughs> and it's huh. like, oh. the relationship. I definitely is felt like a comparison between the two. Yeah. Oh, Achilleus the and so the obvious. Yeah.
1: That was like another just another iteration of like couples that day in Mm -hmm. age, you know. And then Anna and Achilles are like the couples, they're fresh in their romance. It's obviously supposed to mirror them. They're even close to the same age. They're probably like 22, though. God, what a well-crafted fucking movie. Holy shit. Or trilogy, really. Yeah, and
0: and the scene, like, where like, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Achilles. Achilles, yeah. Um, I always wanted to call him Achilles because that's how it looked like it was. spelled. uh, and Anna, um, they kind of, like, have, like, because, like, I definitely say, like, um, you know, not to get all society here, but, like, you know, like, uh, the society that we live in and whatnot is a lot more accepting, uh, of the... Of differences in uh, just meeting people differently. Uh, or- and Besides that, in just the inevitability of things that will come kind of thing, mm-hmm. like, when they talk about, like, how, like... You know, we're probably going to break up. Like, and they're like, "Oh yeah, most definitely." But at the the, same
1: time, that's a perfect mirror to the first film because they were saying the exact same thing in the first film. They're like, "This is only going to be the, this is just going to be the night." Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to break up, and then they don't, and that's um, it's. I was, I saw something that described Ethan Hawke's character as a he's a romantic that's cloaked under a veil of cynicism. You know, he he likes to pretend he has this bleak outlook on the world, but at the very end of the day, he wants love. Both of them, they talk about they just want to be loved. It's funny because it seems almost like they switch positions in between the first and second movie because he puts up that like cynic front in the first movie and she's very like... Into, like, the palm reading. Yeah, she's into astrology in the first one. And then the second one, she laughs about how dumb astrology is. Exactly. And he's the one who's like, who knows it could... Well, yeah, and even in the third one, that same thing, He, they're talking about how he's, like, a closeted Christian. Like, he grows more faithful through the time, and she doesn't. She grows a little more, Yeah, you know. There's
0: also the conversation where he's, like... Uh, she's like, you know, like, the world is going to shit. And he's like, I don't know. I think the world is getting a little bit better. She's like, you think the world is getting better? Yeah. Uh, like, uh, like. Uh, and I get where both of them are coming yeah. from. And
1: when he said it, she agreed with him. That, you know, it's just about people are becoming more educated. And so they're speaking out. So there's more opportunity for growth from people yeah. than there was. And I agree. And it's the same thing with the third one. They, there's a bunch of different perspectives. The, the dinner scene in the third one, where all these different people are talking about the relationships they had, and the different experiences they had, it's really great. Like, I think more people
0: should do that. It would help their relationship. It's a, it's
1: a very beautiful scene, that I feel like a lot of people can just kind of discount. But there's a lot of there's just stuff that happens and shows and mirrors in that dinner table scene that is phenomenal. There's a heartbreaking moment where this old lady named uh oh. Natalia. Yeah. She talks about her husband and how she he died, and she's really old. She's probably like 80 years old. And how he's, like, fading from her memory, and it's like how she's losing him again, pretty much. And she has to take time out of her day just to, like, remember all the great things and remember
0: him so that she, he's fresh in her mind. And I'm like, that and sounds then, like, painful! She, and then when she does, uh, uh there's, like, the, the, the third time it's, like, where, uh, when she does start to remember him, it's like he's like it's almost like he's there again and like yeah. she can touch and, like, him and see him and, capturing, and then and then as soon as she opens her eyes, like he's, he's just yeah, her
1: capturing that image of him just in the clouds, like during the sunrise. And then the the other author, what was his name? Um The The rich, old man. Yeah. Was it Arthur? The Richard Dawkins
0: sounded motherfucker.
1: Yeah. He had a great yeah. voice. He was a Pretty famous cinematographer as well. He had won an oh, Oscar yeah. for cinema. That was the first time he acted as well. Huh. And I thought right. he was That's pretty great. Yeah, you did a good job. Like it was nothing. Like there was nothing for him to like really like perform greatly. But his lines were. He, well, he played, he he played shady, the back. elderly British wise man very well. Uh, he died in 2017. Yeah, <sighs> Big rips. Was, good job. He was, Thomas. I think, 91 though, or 90. Good life. No, I didn't. You've got nothing on me. Patrick. His name was Patrick. <laughs> okay, um, But Patrick talks about how his wife, you know, she's not there anymore. And he said, we were really connected, but at the same time, we weren't. We remember that we were two separate people. She wanted to, to do stuff and I wanted to do stuff. And he's like, and it shows today, like she's here or she's not here. And I am, we were two separate people and that's what she wanted. And you know, there's a lot of beautiful stuff about that. Yeah a lot of beautiful stuff about the movie in general I keep yeah. thinking about how like the first two movies, because in the third one they, they both kind of touch on the idea that they both really romanticize the hell out of their previous encounters and it feels very much like that, like we're getting this love story tale esque kind of thing and then in the third movie it's kind of just ripped and punched right into the ground of reality and I really like that, I think it emphasizes that whole honeymoon phase very very well Where, you know, there's nothing, like, there are small things wrong that you can notice in that person, but there's not a whole lot that'll, like, immediately turn you away. You're like, no, I connected with this person, they get me, I get them, this seems like a really good thing. And then just over time, you start to build up these things, and it just comes collapsing down. And I think that's a very, very real, very sad, and very powerful thing.
0: Oh, for sure.
1: Um, Yes? I don't know. Did you guys have any, like, favorite, like, particular scene from the movies? I'm just curious. Because uh, there's lots of, like, little, kind of, like, especially in the first yeah. one, like, little, uh, kind of, like, just standalone scenes. Or, well, not or standalone like, scenes, but different, pretty much. and Like, like different things they do. Like, they meet the poet and they meet that. The, the poet is great. I
0: love the poet. Yeah, the
1: poet's great. Yeah. He was probably, like, my he's, favorite he's, little. I favorite I guess, oh, yeah. I guess he was, uh,. Side character. They don't have a name, though. He was just the homeless poet. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess all of the weird book ideas that Jesse has come up with on the side—they're never like really yeah, the name first list. one. He has a TV show idea. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The second one, he has a book idea, and the third one, he has a book. It's all just the like, random crazy. side they, ideas But just they all—you know—they all go right into the themes of the film. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the first one, he talks about seeing people in everyday life, hey, and that's exactly what they're doing. <laughs> exactly. I also love that the second book, I, I also love that he wrote books, like, the events of the first film are the basis for his book. Like, it's both, it's an in-universe explanation, like, for a lot of things. I want to say there was a whole line in the third movie, or the second movie, about, like, making these potteries and the clay is your life, you know? That's what they use for their books, essentially. Mm-hmm. I'm butchering the line, but that's the essence of it, yeah. you know? I want to write this book well, what better pages to tear from than from my own
0: library of my life?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I just really liked all of the... And you can almost say, well, that's the entire first and second movie, but there's there's specific scenes that if you're not, like, romantically challenged, like, you can... Uh, or just emotionally challenged, uh, you can, like, definitely pick up on. Um, and that's all the scenes where, like, Okay, so this movie starts off of these two people just kind of uh, embracing this cynical, nihilistic approach to romance, you know what I mean? But it's like, hey, this feel good, you feel good, I feel good, let's feel good, you know what I mean? <clears throat> and that's obviously a result of living in a modern day like romantic culture that they live in kind of thing you know what I mean they've obviously been hurt they've hurt people you know what I mean they've lived life is the point that I'm trying to make you know what I mean mm-hmm. and to see those walls that we all put up you know what I mean like I know I've, like we talked to you guys about this point before but like uh, to see those walls that they like that, that have been built by, the, by living life like that you know what I mean um, just start to break down and see this hope start to develop in them is all like there's there's specific scenes for sure like uh I think of like the one where uh like you know goodbye goodbye you know what I mean yeah. like, like things later. like <laughs> later later uh, I, I said it like they they say goodbye to each other before they actually go
1: to the train the night before and then they're like they say bye and then they're like goodbye and or. And then she they, says, they say a bunch of different Oh, and say then he says later, and then <laughs> yeah. the, there was those four, and then like they that. say the same thing the next morning. And I like fucking the time he says later, but I'm just like,
0: Oh my god,
1: <laughs> yeah. for real. I, I definitely um, felt that. I, oh, I Thomas, you're gonna like bring that. up the phone scene. Yeah, they do this fake like phone call with each other. Yeah, they're like, Hey, we're gonna pretend that we're calling each other's like friends, that so that way see. they can
0: just like. Candidly yeah. express how they and feel, and that's
1: one of my favorite. That might be my favorite scene in the first movie. Uh, that and the
0: the ending scene where they're saying goodbye to each other. Yeah, am cool. just seeing the way that they like get lost, like in the phone call or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like they like have to like readjust like their phones and stuff. But like, it also the, shows like, perfectly the so characters cute.
1: in like a vacuum because like he is super lovey dovey about her. He says nothing but great things, and then she's like.
0: Very reserved.
1: He, he, no, she's, like, making jabs at him, oh, which she does yeah. all the time. And it's funny, and he loves it. And she's like, he kind of kisses like an adolescent. It's so cute. What? <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> he's like, his eyes, <laughs> yeah. his eyes are bulging. He's like, what's going on? What are you like, you're making fun of me? And she it's starts great. speaking
0: in French. She's like, hey, you want to
1: practice and he's uh, like, English? Yeah, his eyes go, he's like, uh... I'm, uh, it's like, yeah, hey, I've been working on my English. Can we talk about?
0: that? I thought it was pretty funny how she was like, "I'm gonna pretend like that I'm on the phone with you, my friend," and then she literally does that. Yeah, but yeah, um, essentially, um, yeah, like, 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 you could argue, like I said, like that's the entire like first two movies. But if you're not a dunce, you can really pick out the kinds of scenes that we're talking about just by the examples that we gave. Them. Isn't like, that the point of the first two movies? Suck off. Um, and those scenes are the ones that, like, really hit me on, like, a personal level, you know what I mean? Because, dog, I've, I've been heartbroken, I've been hurt, you know what I mean? And, like, I, and I've had to crawl back out of that hole, you know what I mean? Like, we're, like, you, because, here's the thing, at the end of the day, nobody wants to, like, just be, like, shit, shit, like, shit's just bad, you know what I mean? Like, there are some people who thrive through depression or, like, seek drama to, like, feel or something like that, you know what I mean? But, like, in the end, people would like things to work out. You know what I mean? And, like, I realize that we live in, like, a very, like, cynical, like, age in, in, in whatnot. and whatnot. And to see, like, even like back in nineteen ninety, like the like where like this like more modern like age that we live in, like God, it's like kind of birth like like yeah more, like I would self definitely say, awareness age. I would definitely I would definitely, I would definitely from say horror like movies to romance movies. I would like definitely this, say everything screen. reached a more enlightened period like past that point. um, And uh, it, it's just it's just really beautiful like seeing like. That hope start to like be rekindled in these people's, like, in these hopeless romantics' hearts and stuff like that. Also, yeah, but I just really like it. You go.
1: It's also great just because it it, it shows how similar everyone is throughout, like, any time period. Pretty yeah, much. Uh Even though they're vastly different in like the third movie, they're like they say it in the third movie and the second movie. There's the line that's like, "Hey, I was reading something from like." It's specifically, it's her in the second movie she's talking about, she read something from when she was 16. Yeah. And she's diary. like, the way I deal with things is exactly the same. Like, I, I act a little differently, but the core of my values and beliefs are the exact same. And he reads a letter, um, or he talks about a letter they read in the third movie. They talk about a letter that he wrote when he was 20 to when he was 40. Mm-hmm. And it was the exact same thing. He said the exact same thing. So, yeah, it's like, we don't no matter how much we change, the very core of our beliefs, the very core of our being, is the same. Yeah, how we emotionally deal with things. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Another, another one of my favorite scenes because it pretty much happened to me, beat for beat. Was the whole like. The third movie, when their fight was, like, dying down, then Jazzy said something stupid that she insinuated a wrong way, and it blows up. Yeah. That no, I, that's, I, I think it's happened. I think that's why the third movie... It hits very, very close to home to that's anyone. That's why they're all relatable, you yeah. know? Because these are very real things that have happened to anyone that has, you know, pursued a relationship or been in a relationship in any, like, intimate sort of way. There are these little nuggets of, like that hits way too close to home how did they rip that from my emotional person
0: yeah
1: and just like on the screen being shown to me you're like oh god there's another great line in the second movie where she's talking they're on a boat they're going to oh, uh yeah the Henry IV the Port Henry IV yeah uh, which is funny cuz there's an, that's another time under the
0: or whatever on only kit i thought it was gay henry so port yeah. Um, okay. On Henri- Ket.
1: Henri- Hinatea is going to yell at me for that pronunciation. I'm sorry, I'm trying. <laughs> um, it's okay, she won't listen to it for like nine months. She might, because she she watched these with me. So. Ah. Uh, Je suis un poem. Je suis un poem. Leggette. Je <laughs> m'appelle um, <laughs> Fromage.
0: Fromage.
1: On the deux fromage.
0: Y'all remember that episode of Dexter? I remember the meme. Never never seen seen it.
1: Uh, They're on a boat, and she's talking about how she can't handle, like, rejection. And when she loses somebody in a relationship, it takes her a really long time to... Get over it. Uh, before this... Before my girlfriend of four years now, I was in a few relationships over the years. I would be in a relationship for like two months and it would take me like more than that amount of time to get over them. It'd take me like three or four months to even like get back to who I was as a person because I felt like I lost something. And I, I, that, that's fucking crazy because it was only for two months and I was a child. But... Yeah. You know, <laughs> emotions are emotions. You're going to feel how you're going to feel. Um. So, and she says that we never really lose anyone we've been partners with like you can't really replace anyone everybody has their own unique special qualities and I, I think that's great you know I the girlfriends I had before were pretty bad you know I was cheated on and I was you know manipulated they, they were terrible relationships for the most part but there were great parts about them too and they were special people like I don't blame them for how it like ended up it was it is shitty, what it, it but is what it is. It was shitty, and they were shitty me, and maybe I was shitty them. I don't know because I wasn't there. But I, like I can't figure out what I did wrong. It's too. one of those things where it's hard for you, the you of now, hard to, to look back at past yeah. you because you're but always going to be different. I'm, I would never give up my time with them because I think it changed who I was as a person, and I loved different parts of them as well. So it's it's very right. Like no matter, and even like. Those relationships were pretty toxic, but there were special parts. And I think that's important to think about, because if you deny your time with somebody, no matter how toxic, that's how you it leads back to them. Because you're denying it so much that then by the end, when you think about all that stuff, if you deny the parts that were good, you deny the whole thing. Then eventually, when you do think back on it, you've been... Lying to yourself for so long, you think that it was all great. No, yeah, totally. I, I very much agree with that. I mean, that same person that I had talked about that, you know, that whole argument very much reminded me of that, you know. It's taken me years to get over all the shitty things that she put me through mm-hmm. and probably shitty things that I did to her. Yeah. To the point where I get anxiety ridden dreams about it. But I definitely agree with that. Like there are definitely moments where like it felt like we connected, like we were a real we were a real team, you know? And, you know, I look back on those parts fondly, much in the same way that I look on the negative parts badly. But that's, you kind of take the good with the bad, and it is what it is, and it's forced me to become a more empathetic and more carefully chosen wordsmith, I guess, is, like, the best way I could have ended that sentence that I just said. MC Wordsmith. MC Wordsmith
0: the Egg Boy. I think that, um, another thing, too, is, like, you know, like... No, doy when I on this, but, like, as we've developed as humans, we've developed more complex emotions and more nuanced emotions yeah. and whatnot.
1: Well, I don't even and, know...
0: Um, oh, go ahead. Sorry,
1: I was just going to say that I don't think... Maybe, maybe I don't think we've developed more complex emotions in the last like few. The hundred realms in years. which we feel but things. I definitely. think the way we handle it and like express ourselves and notice it are different. I think they were always there. We just weren't able to let see. Me,
0: it. Let me let me re, re, uh, reword that.
1: Okay, the
0: depth in which uh, emotions like are felt now is much stronger and much more like like com- like like much more complex. I feel like like like. Uh, I, I think of immediately like uh like Aziz Ansari in modern romance talking about like which is a book of his um, where he talks about how uh you know seven years ago or, or not seven years but like you know ten years ago uh, twenty years ago the concept of getting that anxiety um, when you see like the little dots in a like message that that somebody's sending you, you know what I mean and like feeling like oh, shit, I said too many whys on that, hey, or I didn't put enough whys on that, or I should have said hi, or I should have said a little like, and thinking, and, like, having anxiety to that level and thinking that, like, it's going to, like, make that much of a difference in your overall interaction with, like, a person and, and all of this and that is, like, you know, like, we didn't have anxiety that, like, was like, in that, like, Field being expressed because we didn't have that like techno- technological advancement, you know what I mean? Like twenty years ago and stuff like that. Like we had like uh, SM or SMS and stuff like that, and like uh, and and stuff. But like I don't know, like um, it's it, things like that are like a very new development in terms of like uh in which our brains uh, reach an emotional spectrum is how I feel about it. I have a uh, rebuttal to that, but I know Thomas wants to a rebuttal. Yeah, um, but like. All I was going to say is that I feel like the reason why, uh, sometimes it's so hard for us to get over certain things, because, like, I've dated somebody for, like, a month or two, and then it, like, took me three years to get over that person, because I just felt so strongly for them. I thought Um, (laughs) is, and, 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 like, what, like, you don't really, like, with, with that whole, like, at least through my perception, we've developed, like, strong, like, stronger, more complex feelings and stuff like that. Um... We also, like, are equipped to handle them better. Like, I definitely feel like we live in an age where mental illness is so much more conscious and prevalent, like, of a subject uh, now. And because of that, uh, we are able to handle them as well. Like, like handle, like, depression. Yeah, like, take pres- them all and handle them. No, no, like, pe- no people, pr- people are personally able to, like, handle them by, like, you know, like, car... Uh, Compartmentalize, Carp- uh, compartmentalizing uh, like their issues, and one and like you know, like sometimes even repressing them a little too hard. But like we're able to like sit down with our thoughts and understand them on a more like deeper and complex level. And I think like why like uh, it really just fucking sucks and hurts like when like you know like that like intimacy is no longer part of your life from that person is it's like weird weird to phrase it like this I guess and like but like it's like that path is just like in your life it's just that's not the path that you're on anymore you know what I mean it's like it's kind of like you know how if you believe in the like the theory that like there is multiple universes for every decision that you've, like, that you can make or will make kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like in the, in one universe, you went left and one universe, you went right kind of thing. You know what I mean? And it's just a little harrowing and like, uh, like just kind of shaking a little bit to the core. Like when you really sort of like, damn, like all of that that was built up and like this faith in future plans with one another and all of this is just dissipated and no more kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's like that. It's like, that bridge that that bridge is literally burnt but it's like if you it's almost as if you could like physically like manifest or like visually manifest it in your mind is like the bridge of the path that you are walking with that individual where that future was going to lead and I believe that's not like such an easy thing to get over but like I don't think we realize it to that extent sometimes and we're just kind of like damn I was only dating that person for this and this kind of thing why does this feel like this and it's like because essentially you like had faith in a plan of life that, that, in, in in the direction that was going to go with that person and now it's not, you know, uh, and that's pretty fucking heavy in my opinion and maybe I'm just an emotional step and it's just heavy for me, but yeah. Anyways, go ahead, Thomas. I know you wanted to say something for me. I'm like, oh, we were all just staring at Thomas during this for no reason. No, I'm, I'm like, why am I staring at Thomas? Why am I not looking at Lucero? I noticed at different why?
1: occasions everyone was looking at me. I'm like, oh. I, I, think, I think it was just because Lucero was looking at you, so I'm like, oh. Luc- that means Thomas is the focal point. I this. guess. <laughs> um, my, my biggest uh, like gripe with what you just said there came from, like, your particular wording of the statement at the it beginning. It probably has more
0: so to do with, um, with the wording, more so than what I mean. Yeah, I, can, I can yeah. Yeah, no,
1: def, uh, 100%, definitely. Um, because you Sorry. said at the beginning, uh, like, uh, the feelings that we feel nowadays are more complex and deep than those of the past, which I don't think that is true, because I don't think we should diminish, how, like, the level of emotions that people felt in the think. past. But then you went on and
0: yeah, you know, it, it's it's kind of it's kind of like this. It's like you know, like a bucket of water is deep when all you know is the bucket of water, but compared to the ocean, you know what I mean. I I think it's mostly just no. that
1: we have more resources and we have more time. So yeah, uh, I think we can, that the like, variables that can set off your emotions are more chaotic. Now yeah, that's go. that's also
0: true. I was. Well, Mark, I think each it's generation like, yeah,
1: it's has those. each generation has new ideas and things that can cause emotional turmoil that the last generation never had to deal with whether it's like the new cell phone thing where it's the anxiety of like like they're responding and it's taking too long it's like uh oh what's going on or before like when you're even like emails when you were waiting to get an email on something the anxiety for that I think Joe's waiting for to say something and I interrupted him or something
0: yeah, the, the and then I design. started
1: going crazy for a second. No, no what I was mainly going to say <laughs> is, like, I feel like the ball has largely stayed the same. You know, those emotions are staying the same, but they're being put into different fields constantly. Yeah. Is mainly what I was getting at. Also, it might also just kind of be an optics thing. We hear more about these things because there are more people talking, there are more people listening, and there's. There are more people willing to have a conversation. Exactly. But also, like, that whole idea that, you know, you're able to listen to all of these different ideas instantly from anywhere, from any one.
0: And in no particular and, 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 and I'm not
1: diminishing anything. I'm just saying you hear you, there's more
0: of the input, so there's gonna be more of that output. And essentially like what I what want I, what I do want to like make clear is I don't think any one particular thing has contributed to the development of the complexity of emotions in which I was talking about. You know what I mean? I think it's just Essentially, what I said is just the natural state of which things be kind of thing. You know, like, it's only natural that as we become, like, more advanced as a, uh, as a society, that our brains and, like, the emotions that we feel advance and, like, be, like as you said, like, develop or are, are uh, experienced in different fields and in a different situations and in different, totally. like... Our a, like,
1: brains are forced to become more dynamic
0: on I, the fly. Exactly. And the more... I, I guess really what it is, rather than they've become so deep, is that so much shit be happening that now you will and, and we are given a level of, like, privilege to be able to uh, like, you know, sit down, think and talk about our emotions a lot more uh, than in previous generations and whatnot that it just feels like uh, like emotions are developing at like a very, like, uh, advanced and like fast rate because like in in and very small micro ways our our society is and then next thing you know that's how you get to like holy shit it's 20 oh, it's almost twenty twenty and this 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 and this, exactly. and this is very different you know what I mean um, like I remember just like I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> 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 Damn Jesus Thomas, I just oh my gun. Yeah, I thought you don't like tunnel shifts. <laughs> <laughs> what the
1: Fucking fun. whiplash, holy <laughs> shit. I was about to say, and you must be wondering, how does all of this mumbo jumbo and stuff relate to the before trilogy? Well, these characters developed over a period of 18 years. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that's exactly it. Yeah. Sorry I got a little rambly in, like, society or there, people. Sorry, I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's I mean, all we all lie. did.
1: Like, I did, too. Yeah. No, we all did. And then I think that's also, important, too. You. you can't talk about this movie without talking about emotions. No, yeah, Because like, exactly. that's what the movie is. Also, We're on past yeah. relationships, because second movie onward, like when it's me and Thomas that. were dating.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See when Lucero and I were fucking on the side. Oof. That's a hard hitter right there. I don't want. I don't think I'm ready to talk about that. You know what? Later. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, also, uh, what are you I'll... trying to say about Joe? Huh? Uh, Making passive
1: aggressive think... comments. No, about I feel your like Joe's too
0: uh, too much uh, too. His ass ass is better too than thick. me. I don't want to embarrass him. <laughs> I like the way he cracks my egg. But, uh, oh. shit, I, I scrambled them yokes, uh, but no, uh, I just, I just remembered, I just remembered a, uh, another scene that kind of like, I don't know, it, it, I was thinking about it, like, while y'all were talking, it just kind of hit me, I was like, ooh, that's a little sad, uh, there's one scene in the hotel room, right before shit goes down, where they're kissing, and, uh, essentially, Celine is like, you know, like, just kind of like doing that thing where like you're kissing somebody, like you pull away from their face and you're just kind of admiring their face. And she's like, oh, the red in your beard is gone. I used to, I used to really yeah. love that. And like, ah. Uh, She's like, uh, mm-hmm. and it's obviously a symbol, like symbolism of like the, the, the fact that their the love rose is fading and color, kind of like, the,
1: like romance that she used to see in him is. But then he said, out. he's but she said it's gone. Then he's like, no, it's just turned white, and yeah. it's the same thing. Like she she doesn't see it anymore and then he has to like remind her that hey it's still there it's just changed and it's the same thing there. a love
0: is his age and yeah. then there's like the uh, the scene where, and then there's a sentence afterwards where she's like but then I see it in our girls and it just reminds me like of like that night of you and like I just get so happy and like yada, 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 and, yeah 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 this trilogy of
1: movies is really fucking good. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, honestly, you will cry. By the way, probably. Honestly, I, I, I might enjoy it more a third watch on my on, on the first on the second two, or the second and third. Uh, I ordered the Criterion collection for them, so I'm very excited to watch all the behind the scenes stuff. Ooh, yeah, this yeah. is like one of the most consistent trilogies for me, like ever it's, <laughs> that I've seen. Yeah, it's it's one good. of the more Powerful trilogies I've seen. Yeah,
0: it's a. Uh, I mean, it's no lethal weapon, but like <laughs> lethal weapons are quadrilateral. Oh, is it?
1: Yeah, yeah there's four of them. I don't know. have you seen the Always Sunny episode. I think there's five. There's six if you're including the It's Always Sunny canon into it. Well, don't they just make the sixth one? No, they they're two different episodes. Okay, I couldn't have. remember up until the point
0: where I've watched. I'm i I'm like two. Would you
1: coming. can add those to the canon? Probably.
0: Well, of course I would. Um, Also, I don't really like Lethal Weapon, and Mel Gibson's a fucking piece. I haven't seen it yet. Lethal Weapon, but I agree. That's why I haven't rewatched
1: Mad Max. I really want to rewatch the first three Mad Maxes, but I'm just like.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The second one's the only like, pretty good one, in my opinion.
1: uh, Beyond Thunderdome is an underrated underrated. (laughs) show. It's just Mad Max trying to be Indiana Jones in my Mad- opinion. Th- Beyond Thunderdome was also Mad the Max. first one I saw. Uh, and was, I loved it. It was, was kid. not the last one I've seen, because obviously Fury Road came out, but it was what the last one. What is the second one I've again? I can't remember. Road, Road Warrior. Road Warrior. Road Warrior yeah. Yeah. I've only seen the, the, the reboot one from a few years ago. Uh, it's, I think the best it's the best one. one. Yeah. So. <laughs> kind of by far. Like... At least significantly better for me, at least. Not like right. don't not that the, the other three aren't good, but I think like Fury Road was what was that, twenty fifteen? Uh you were still so living on an Island So 2015, yeah. 2015, 2016, somewhere around. It there. might have been my favorite movie of the year. Like that movie really, I was like, whoa. <laughs> but that was also at a time I was watching much less movies, so Yeah. All right. Um You want some more little trivia things? Sure. Here's, are you ready for a really, really sad one? Sure. Um, So, the idea for the movie, Richard Linklater had an experience like this. Oh. In, I think, like 89. He met a woman named Amy in Philadelphia and they walked around all night. And they stayed in touch for a little, but then they lost contact. So, just like in the second movie, when he kind of made the book to try to meet her, he made it to try to meet her. And she didn't come to the release. Um, he made the second one. She didn't come. Aww. And then in 2010, he somebody contacted him and she had died right before they started filming the first movie. No! No! Holy but, shit. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. I feel like a lot of the emotional energy you can pull from movies like that's that's a deep feeling you you got. And that was that was before they made the third one. So he, you know, wanted to make it maybe he wanted to make it a little sadder, but (laughs) Damn That hits hard. He's like, Damn, this relationship and my hopes were killed. Time to kill this couple I've been building up along with it. It's crazy how Colonel Sanders from KFC came and killed everybody at the end of the movie. Uh, yeah, that was an odd like, the, ending for it. The, so, pretty much Julie Delpy and Ethan Hawke helped screenwriting for all three, but technically they r- helped rewrite the first one, so they weren't giving, given writing credits, and they were pretty pissed about that, yeah. obviously. But then they got nominated for Oscars for the second and third. Uh, rightly so. Yeah, <laughs> um, Their performances were stellar.
0: Uh, They got they got nominated for
1: writing as well the writing stuff oh hell yeah um the screenplay for the first movie it was written in eleven days Uh, the filming fifteen days like it was a really but at the same time uh, a lot of people like think that some of it is ad lib some of it because of how naturalistic the conversations are but everything in the movie is like super super rehearsed and written and rewritten. And yeah, I was going to say all three and like, are available.
0: There's a scene in the second one where they're like, uh, walking to the cafe, I believe it is. And like, uh, they're like walking through this park and they're walking through this path. And it's underneath this street. And right as like, before Ethan Hawk like steps into like frame, like <laughs> a dead leaf, like falls down. And like, I don't know. It was just a little detail to me. Cause like, I really like seeing like dead leaves, like fall down during like, like fall and whatnot. Totally. And, uh, I was, like, uh, it was just super aesthetic, like, naturally aesthetic, and I was just, in my mind, I was like, man, that was so perfect, it almost feels like there's, like, man in a black suit, you just dropped that leaf in front of him kind of thing, and, like, it's just like, I really like that scene, and I was just like, man, wonder how many takes, like, it took to do that one, and then, like, they were like, wait, that's the one one with the leaf, you know what I mean? I mean, I feel like going back to the whole chemistry between
1: them on screen, I mean, I think the director and the two pretty much only characters in the movies Save for the third, which there were other characters, but they played much smaller, very intricate and powerful roles, but smaller roles. I feel like having that whole dynamic there, you're, th- these people are constantly there in that process. They're probably do- doing these takes while writing anyway, so that way, you know, when it's finalized, they're on their own location, they're shooting it. They know what they're pulling in terms of emotion and what they need to say. You know, so just, it comes out natural because they've done it so many times and they've lived that so many times while writing. That just, it plays into it so well. to the trivia factoid thing. I mean, the whole film, all three films have a bunch of long takes. Like, that's what, another reason I love the film. Like, pretty much all those walking scenes. Yeah. The second one specifically, I think that has the longest take of, like, 11 minutes. And that's really impressive. Like, oh, yeah, I, 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 love, I, love, I watch movies that thing. have, like, hey, this was one take, but... They don't have performances that are quite like this, I think, so. Yeah. And 11 minutes is a lot. And even, like, even, like, the car scene in the second one, they were the, every time they were in a car, I was, like, and they were cutting a lot. I'm, like, I was trying to find inconsistencies. But it's it's still one take. It just cuts, like, there's three different angles that it cuts between. But you can tell because the car behind them is always behind them still. So I was, like, checking. I'm, like, is this still going on? Yeah. Yeah, they probably, like, ha- had another car. Following behind them, like, during the shooting, that way. I definitely saw some cars turn away, but yes. Huh? I definitely saw some cars, like, turn away as they were, like, going through the streets and whatnot, but Mm. nothing that screamed like, major inconsistency with the space-time continuum Uh, of the movie. The second one, like, another thing to keep consistency, like, even though they filmed only like over like two and a half weeks, again they only filmed in like mid afternoon because that's all it was. It was like five pm to like seven pm or whatever. That's that all they awesome only filmed It's like so- shit.
0: I only have to work through like three to five, but they were like, well, <laughs> no, because they were
1: rehearsing all their lines like right beforehand for like hours. I'm oh, just right, right as know. it happened. They're like, okay, we gotta go do this. Yeah. God, that's beautiful. I love that. I love that yeah, detail. Right. Like it'd be so easy for them to film at like whatever time. But, no, they filmed during those exact time frames, and I think that's awesome. I think that adds a lot to it. There's a scene um, in the cafe where Julie Delpy talks about how she was uncomfortable in America when that police officer, he talks about, like, you need to get this gun, because one day, this is going to be in your face, and you're going to have to choose between him or you. Yeah. That actually happened to her. Oh. Oh, That was a real event that happened in her life that they put out. I'm like, why are people so stupid? Why are cops so dumb? Like, what the fuck? Jesus. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh,
0: huh.
1: Um, and it's also, it's also pretty, uh, it's kind of a miracle that the second and third movie got made because, when the first movie got made, it didn't really get any traction. It bombed in the... uh it, it bombed financially. I think it only made like $5 million. And that's the highest grossing one out of the three. Like, none of them made very much money. But they all have cult followings now because they're all brilliant films. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, I remember you telling me that the first one released to, like, lukewarm critical success and not great success in the box. Well, like, it was, was like, positive reviews, but just not a lot of people, even, like, critics, not a lot were seeing it. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. That's such a shame. I I guess that's that's hindsight. You know, the internet, people are going to find these things a lot more. and talk about them a lot more. Yeah. Back then, if a movie didn't open... To like wide audiences and or, a lot you of, know like marketing, then it pretty much just or you didn't have that fade. one weird movie friend that saw every movie. Yeah, then they would pretty much just fade into yeah. obscurity. it's just gonna be word of mouth and whatever's on television or radio. Yep. Glad that I live in the 21st century where I can look up movies.
0: That's true. Then does anybody want a Pepsi? I put one of the. Front.
1: No, I'm okay, no um that's pretty much I mean I'm all of them i'm um, I'm largely out of things. I don't want to talk about one one little like just fun little trivia fact. The third movie, the bottle of wine they have in the hotel room, it's an eighteen twenty seven model, which are integers of nine or, <laughs> and which is in between, yeah, it's nine years each time. also, there's <laughs> the thing where um. Nina Simone is the uh, uh, yeah, the yeah. singer that's playing when they're in her apartment and before sunset, and then when we're introduced to the daughters, one of their names is Nina. There's a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. Um, when when they go to Port Henry Four and before sunset, Ethan Hawke had just talked about how his son's name is Henry and he's four years old. <laughs> <laughs> I know. There's. Huh. I didn't catch that. Oh, cafe
0: was called Le Bien
1: Cafe. The the first movie. The, the very, one of the very first conversations they have on the bus is like, Hey, tell me about your first love. And she tells them about the swimmer, um, that she was really into, but, uh, her friend had a crush on him. So they didn't really ever date, but they, at the end of the summer, they were like, let's keep in contact. Let's meet up again. Yeah. And they promised to meet up again. And then she said, she immediately said, and we never did because that's not realistic. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> when I rewatched it this time around, I'm like, I caught that. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> so then yeah. it has
0: the whole that air much- at the end of the movie. It was like, uh oh. <laughs> I have a question. Do you guys think that her grandma really died, or did she? Uh, fight I guess her I Grandma really was- died. Okay. Yeah. I- no, I do think she died. Yeah. Do you think that was the thing that actually discouraged her from going? I mean, it probably distracted yeah. her. I, a I do. I do. Interesting. Okay. There was a lot that she talked about with
1: her grandma, and when they got to her apartment, there was tons of photos of those two together. Yeah. So Especially very- because there were photos everywhere of them. Yeah. <sighs> Do we have any more to say? Tom- Tomo Griffo? Any favorite scenes from the second or third movie? Yeah, My second, or my favorite scene from the second one is probably definitely, like, the ending scene. Yeah, um, that oh. that song, Julie Delpy did three oh, songs for that movie. <sighs> um, the opening song, I think she did the credit song and she did the waltz song where she sings to him. That song's really, really nice. And it's a very beautiful moment. Him just like laughing and smiling and like looking so in love. Every, every scene with them in the first two, like they look so in like enraptured with each other. Yeah. And the, the third one, there are moments of that, and even at the very end when he's trying, like, you can see that their their eyes, like, light up at certain points. Like, that's why the third one, like, at the ending gives me hope. Because that eye contact, that those, like, emotions behind it are there still. Yeah. They're just hot-hidden.
0: <laughs>
1: hmm Um, but yeah, no, the great trilogy, um very real-feeling characters, very real progression in between the films. Yeah. Because um, they all change; They're completely different and then exactly the same. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, they're great. Uh, okay. so, sure I could say more, but I'd have to, like, dig deep in my pockets. You guys got anything to add?
0: Um, no. I really liked how the second movie played off of, uh, Your emotions pretty obviously by like, uh, naturally incorporating, uh, just like little 0.5 second clips of the, uh, first movie. I didn't like that. That reminded me of like every like horror movie sequel from like the nineties. It wasn't
1: a horror movie. Yeah, but kinda they do that kind of shit. In those uh, I was fine with it. I was fine with it, especially because, like, it was interconnected in them, and then immediately it cuts to her, like, right there. And I didn't even reckon, like, I thought it was not a flashback. I'm like, I don't remember that. I'm like, that's hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was okay with that because of the way they handled. Just remember, they totally eased us in very well, kind of obviously, into the fact that Jesse got married, because... He was constantly yeah, playing with that's the ring. another... There was... The film never draws attention to the fact until he talks about it, but he's, like, quietly he, he's, playing he's with he's his always, ring. He's visible. always visible, And I yeah. saw that, and I'm like, he's fucking married. Holy shit. Yeah. But just a lot of just good visual... There's a lot of really great details and callbacks and foreshadowed yeah, bits. The world... It is lived in. The world, it just, just feels like they're actually in Paris. Yes. that's actually happening. That's they're actually in Vienna. It's actually happening. They're actually in Greece. It's actually happening.
0: Yeah, I'd say, like, this movie or this movie trilogy, if you have the time for it, to, like, just watch it in one city kind of thing, is best experience on, like, a nice sunny summer or spring day or, like, a nice like, winter day, like, just, like, a positive ambiance kind of thing. And, then, of and then the third or, one oh. is, like, right when, like, thunder
1: starts to strike. Like, hopefully it, it happens. Like, have it a stormy night, and then suddenly, right at the end, like a rainbow appears. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, you're going to need either a you bottle need a of weather machine or, or some some weeds and tissues, and uh, you'll, you'll you be able to, to jerk off to the movie. So could I mean, was, there were titties t- in the third movie. <laughs> no,
1: Ethan Hawke has a beard, and, or a goatee in all three. That's That, yeah, no, um, true. I like how I also said, I don't have anything more to say, but when we were talking about camera stuff earlier, I, I love the cinematography, I love that. I love that it always teetered on the point that it feels like you're kind of invading your personal space. It's like it's like you're just walking in the street next to some people, and you're not trying to eavesdrop you just naturally do because you can't tune everything out I definitely got that feeling it definitely felt like well I'm going in the same direction as these people I can't help it that I'm listening into this conversation but here I am just this weird spectator in their lives just like teetering the edge of like what would be you know social faux pas in terms of their personal space oh for sure and I loved that detail and it was consistent throughout most of the movies. It was lost a little bit in the third one, but it was captured again with the walk. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, go yeah, through... Yeah, know, they just started frying up all that rice and noodles. I was just like... It's a movie. Well, let's go through each of the films and rate them. So starting yeah. with the first one.
0: Gave it a 10. I'm still sitting at a 9. Um, I don't know what I gave it when I first watched it, but it's probably a 9 or a 10. But more likely a 10.
1: Okay, 9 out of 10 what the fuck? Uh,
0: so 9.75,
1: pretty fucking good. Go watch that one. Actually, watch them all. Second one.
0: Eight. Eight. Nine.
1: Nine. <laughs> so 8.5, go see that one. Amazing. Yeah, Thomas. Third one. Nine. Ten. Nine, Nine and, a and a half. God the damn. the fuck? <laughs> Lucero? Nine. <laughs> so.
0: I don't even... I'm, I'm Ten tired. nine point eight. I'll just give it a solid nine. I'll give it a solid no, nine. No, you already said you nine. Said nine point 5. five. All right, all right, all right.
1: Oh, so that's a nine point three seven five. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Go Lucero. watch that one as well. All of them are great films. You should watch the trilogy, and if you can watch it in one sitting, it's, it's a great time. It's, it's a fantastic time. I watched the first three in one sitting with Hinae, and then I watched the two and three again with Thomas and Lucero and Joe, and. They were all a great time. I'm very sad and uh, shocked and emotional and happy and, yeah. Um, Makes you realize that you do indeed have emotions. By the uh, way, London's hair is silver now. I I do, yes, I do have silver hair now. Uh, Here's a picture. Bop. Damn. Wow, look at that silver hair glistening in the Screen Weens video. But if you... I would really like to talk about Ethan Hawke real quick and just give you a couple great movies that he's in uh, because he's kind of underappreciated even though he's relatively famous. Uh, He's in First Reformed, which is a Paul Schrader film that came out like two years ago. That was one of my favorite films of that year. I think it's really, really good. Dare you not start with his best film? Gattaca? No, (laughs) No. The Purge. Oh. I mean The Purge he is the best part of. He's not very good in it, but yeah. he's the best part of it. Uh, a horror movie that actually is pretty decent that he's good in, Sinister was pretty
0: decent. Yo, Sinister is scurry. I remember the first time that I yeah, watched it. Yeah, Sinister that. fucked me
1: up when I saw it. It was also 2012, so I don't know. I, I might rewatch it tonight, honestly. Dude, yeah, no, I was, I was
0: a child when I first watched it, but that shit spooked me. Uh-huh. I didn't even want to look at screens anymore. He's in
1: Gattaca, and Gattaca, I think, is aged kind of poorly, but he's great in that. And then he's in Boyhood. And He's brilliant in that. And that's filmed over 12 years, so you really see you see that throughout just that movie Training Day. That's I haven't seen Training oh, Day but it's a great thing. Yes.
0: That's who that is, yo. yo. Okay, that I fucking love him. Um you, an an, yeah, little un, an
1: underappreciated movie that I really enjoyed. There's a movie about vampires um called Daybreakers. Oh, I I, I watched that. I, one, I really I enjoyed it. I, I vaguely it. remember that. Um, Ethan Hawke is in it, and Willem Dafoe is in it as well. Um, mm-hmm. And also, uh, Dead Poets Society is one of his younger roles when he was younger, and he's great in that as well. So, those are some of the ones. Julie Delpy's also amazing, but I haven't seen a lot of films with her in it yet. Yeah. Um. So watch these. I know she's really good in the. Uh, what is it? The Three Colors trilogy. I can't remember oh, which one she's. I think the we're gonna lead. have to do like one of these for those eventually because those have been on my watch. I think long the long. white one. She's yeah. She's the main character in Three Colors White. Okay. Um, so go watch those, I guess. Um, but yeah, she's great in that as well. Maybe we should watch it. She's done a couple. She's directed a couple things too. Ooh, is that? She did a movie with Chris Rock. <laughs> um, anyway, that's it for the podcast. Except, what are we doing next week, Thomas? Alright, next week, um, we're going to be watching four Ingmar Berkman movies. Yeah, it's going to be a huge day. Yeah, it's going to be a long one. Two of them are very long movies, by the way. Like, longer than three hours. Like, four to five hours. So, we've got... <clears throat> starting... Uh, in the order that they were made. We've got The Seventh Seal, which is one of his most popular movies. It's from 1957. Then we've got Shame. I think that one's from, like, 1963, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And then we've got Scenes from a Marriage. That one's from the 70s at some point. I'm not sure what exact year. And then Fanny and Alexander, which is from... Uh, 82 or 83 so yeah uh, watch those because I'm sure all of them are going to be great I've only seen Shame thus far out of those four uh, and it was absolutely spectacular and I can't wait to watch it again to prepare for the podcast yeah so watch those or not we're going to be talking about them I know that's a lot of movies to get through that's yeah. probably like f- f- 16 hours of content probably <laughs> But yeah, yeah thank you guys for so watching cool. this amazing episode. Thank you to our guests. Yeah, yeah. And don't forget, who do you tell to watch the podcast?
0: Your friends, your grandmother. Yeah. What tell are you
1: stupid? Tell you- both. Tell your friends. Tell your grandma. Tell, tell your Tell dog. your boomers. Tell, tell the boomers. Tell your goldfish. Tell,
0: tell your dog. Tell okay, boomer. You know what you gotta do watch weeds. Hey fear. watch weeds. Yay! He'll always.